covering you from your LB1 to your taxi squad. This is IDP Nation. Manning back, bouncing fire to the far side. It's intercepted and running into the touchdown. Your home for the best in IDP and draft coverage. Daniel has time in the pocket, steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Here are the hosts of IDP Nation. Hollywood and Kyle B. Hello and welcome to IDP Nation. I am your host, Daryl Winstead, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Bellafuel. What's going on, Kyle? Not much, buddy. Good to see you. It's good to see you too, my friend. We have yeah, a special yeah. guest with us tonight, Mr. Sean Dujay from up in Canada. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hello, Daryl. How are you? I didn't know we I'm were on just... a first name basis now. <laughs> My friend. What's going on, brother? All decked out in orange. Hanging out. Wearing you your know? construction shirt, like Kyle said. Yeah. Stop, slow yes, sign. That's easy that's not nice don't what? don't don't do what kyle does kyle gets fired on a regular basis so probably shouldn't fire him probably shouldn't follow him i'm fixing to get fired once <laughs> i dare you to fire me off this show um how you guys been oh i can fire. i can fire anybody i can fire myself if i wish you've tried i could i could probably find an episode where you've tried but you know, I don't. I don't. I don't got that kind of time to dig it up because I've been fired so many times. I don't need to hear it any any more than I already have. Yeah, I should tell. Well, you know, if I can find a replacement, you'd be gone right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Good, like you always say, good helps hard to find. I mean, who would bring I common know, right? sense to the show, though? A, a scour and a scour and. A... <laughs> easy, easy. Before we get too far out of hand, I'm glad to see you guys. I feel like it's been such a long time. Yeah, dude. When's the last time you uh, you made an appearance here? On IDP Nation? Um, yeah. I have no idea. Probably about a year. I, I, I kind of feel like we were in draft prep last year. Yep. No, it ain't been I think you guys gave me the show sheet, and I don't know why I misread something, and I was uh, all focused on D line, and you guys were talking about safeties, and you know, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that might have been the last time. I have it written down somewhere. I could look it up in the I, uh, I remember Chronicles of Dooge over here if you want. Yeah, I remember we recapped the rookies, and we might have, you know, technical difficulties. The wrong show sheet went out. Those were some good ones. It was de- it was definitely my fault. <laughs> I remember that clearly. It usually is. Hey, but we're back, man. Technical we're back. dip, so. We're back. We're back. We had we did have some technical Better than diff- ever. Well, we had some technical difficulties last week, so. Like uh, like we said, we apologize if that one was tough to listen to, but the connection was yep. was a bit off. But, uh, hey, hopefully it's better this week. Yep, yep. So, you know, we'll get right into it. Kyle? Lead the way with the news and notes, brother. All right, man. Here we go. News and notes. Um, two eagles have flown away 
I couldn't help myself with that line. Sorry. As former Philadelphia offensive coordinator, yeah, yeah, Shane Steichen was recently hired as the Colts' new head coach, and former defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon was hired as the Cardinals' head coach. So, didn't take long after the Super Bowl was over, and the Philly coaching staff um, looking for some new names. What do you guys think of those uh, landing spots for those fellas? I like I like the Steichen one. That's the thing that usually happens. The Gannon one. I I think, uh, like like I've said previously on this show, probably uh, I view the Arizona Cardinals as one of the worst run franchises in the NFL. Um, just terrible from the top down, and I don't know. I kind of just feel like this might be another bad hire. You know, it didn't really uh, move the needle much for me. But uh, I like Steichen to the Colts. You know, he gets to handpick his QB coming in there probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think we're going to see Mr. Stroud uh, wearing that blue horseshoe. You must say trade up, which is a very real possibility as well. Yep. Seeing that in the, in the mock drafts. McShay. Yep. Yeah, he's makes sense. Makes yep. sense. Makes a you know a ton of sense. Usually, I like to be the contrarian and argue and pretend I'm smarter than those guys, but uh, <laughs> can't really argue with that. You know, draft uh, drop down to four, get more assets, still yep. get probably Will Anderson or uh, George D. Tackle. Yep. Jalen Carter. Yep. Jalen Carter. Yes. Yep. Thank you. I'm blanking out already. That's what I need Kyle for. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, I'm with you, man. I, I like I like the Steichen hire as well in Indian. That was their guy. You know, that was all the reports was that was their guy, and it didn't take long to get it done. Um, that's yeah, like you said. Um, you know, he gets to pick his quarterback, and that'll be, you know, getting that that offense rolling and, and jump started because that's the most important position, and he. He's an offensive guy, so he's got to. That's that been the work. issue there for the exactly. last few years. Exactly, absolutely. So that, that's a good. Um, I, I like that spot for for him and the the Colts organization. And they, I, I kind of like Jonathan yeah. Gannon as a defensive coordinator. In Philly, I thought he did a pretty decent, pretty solid job there. But yeah, Arizona, I, I, I agree. It's a questionably run uh, outfit for sure. I mean, some of the decisions they make, it makes you wonder. So. Um, I seen another thing too that well they Vance I think did I put that in the notes I might be jumping the gun here but Vance Joseph was uh, let go and I think they said Gannon had stated obviously it's early that he he hasn't said whether he's going to call the plays or not so on defense so um, yeah that's a whole thing too but yeah we'll see how that I, I'm I'm with you though I'm more excited about the Steichen higher in Indy. Um, next piece of news, NFL networks, Mike Garofolo reports the Eagles are expected to make a big push to keep safety Chauncey Garner Johnson this off season. Makes sense to me, right? Oh yeah. He played great for them this year. That was a steal. Yep. Yeah. I think he made less than a million dollars this year. Did he really? Pretty sure. Oh, it was, it wow. was, I, I was shocked when I saw it. Right. No, I, yeah. He, he's a good player. Um, Daryl, you, you like to, you like him to stay in Philly as well? Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, he was playing mostly for New Orleans. He was a corner. Right? And they kind of well, moved slot, him to yeah. safety. and yeah. yeah, the slot. So, yeah. But in Philly, uh, he's kind of found a home. So, yeah, right. uh, it makes sense for them to, to try to keep him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he, he played really well for them and a big piece to bring back. Um, this one this one was, was really something when I saw it. The leader for the Denver Bronco, Broncos open defensive coordinator job is Rex Ryan, followed by Vance mm-hmm. Joseph and Chris Richard. When I saw Rex Ryan's name, I don't know about you guys, that one uh, made me double take. I don't know what you guys thought. Right, but that but that's kind of intriguing though, right? Rex Ryan. I mean if he can just go in and focus on the defense and if he's still if he's still got it, you know, quote unquote. Intriguing as long as he can to help what to do what he wants to do, right? Um I mean, Vance Joff is, is no slouch, but to me, Rex Ryan is the intriguing piece here. Dude, do you have any thoughts on the – Well, the Rex, first of Rex all, Ryan? just to follow up on uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he made 826025 wow. bucks last year. Wow. He, he was fantastic for the Eagles, like you said. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. I always bad. liked him. Uh, I know some guys didn't like him. I know Doc doesn't like him. I respect his opinion, but I mean, out of Florida, I was a big fan of his. And now, yeah, his calculated market value is thirteen point three mil. Wow, got yeah. So he's gonna yeah. get a hefty raise. I don't know if they can really afford to keep him. Right. They got a lot. They got a lot of uh, free agents. The Eagles, a lot of big yeah. pieces on that yeah. D line. I think T.J. Edwards. Yep, Brandon Cox. Graham might be yep. time for him to move on. Your Michigan is Hargrave wife. Hargrave a free agent too? I believe I can find out. I think mm, so. No. Actually, I, I think don't, there's I don't two think big Hargrave names is. on the D line. Yeah. No. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. I Fletcher thought Carl, oh, Robert yeah. Quinn, Brandon Graham, Hargrave, yeah. Jason Kelsey, Kelsey. That's a big one. James yeah. Bradbury played well for them. Yeah. Isaac, uh, their their guard, Pumolo or whatever. Andre Dillard, good tackle. Kaiser White, T.J. Edwards. It, like, it, all those, all those names. My first thought was it makes it, it makes it sound like T.J. Edwards probably won't get paid by them. Miles Sanders. Yep. Like they got a boatload of even Marcus Epps, the other starting safety, Linval Joseph and Sue and Boston Scott. Like it's a pretty big list. Definitely yeah, going to be a different team next year. Yeah, that is crazy. Both sides of the ball, um, big time difference makers, man. But that D line, you know, like that was the stroke of genius. Yeah. Even even after they already had like a killer D line, they still went out and got Sue and Linval Joseph when they could yep. just to reinforce it. You know. Yep. Most important position group in football, but now you know after the Super Bowl, maybe it shifts back over to O line again. The way KC shut them down. <clears throat> That's who should have got the MVP of the Super Bowl was KC O line. They couldn't get sure. to Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, obviously Mahomes is gonna get it, but I'm just just saying they played well. No. no yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, they didn't get to him. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't disagree there. Um next piece. 
49ers edge Nick Bosa has been named the Associated Press 2022 Defensive Player of the Year. Bosa produced 51 tackles, 41 solos, 19 tackles for loss, a league-leading 18.5 sacks, and 48 QB hits this season. Um, pretty freaking awesome year for Nick Bosa. Um, not surprised he got this award. He, he deserved it. What do you guys think? Wouldn't agree more. Yeah. A man. Yeah, he was – He's awesome. When that dude is healthy, he's he's a stud. Absolute elite pass rusher. Yep. I mean, who else was really going to challenge him, right? I mean, with the season he put up, I mean, who was who was seriously a contender? And when you look at the numbers, I don't I don't think anybody was. So it's a no brainer. Right. I mean, there are some guys that had some good years. Obviously, you know, um, Parsons had a solid year. He. Crosby had a really nice year. He didn't have the Crosby didn't have the the eight. He's you know six sacks behind uh, Bosa, but he played just an elite amount of snaps and had a ridiculous amount of tackles to go along with with his twelve and a half sacks. But um, yeah, I mean there were some other guys. You know, Chris Jones had a really nice year, and, and there were some others. But yeah, Nick Bosa, like you said, was was the the lead dog in the race. Um, and then uh, along the same lines. Lines here. Uh, Jets cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner has been named the Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year. Gardner had a stellar rookie season, compiling 75 tackles, 51 solos, three tackles for loss, a league leading 20 passes defended, and two interceptions. Um, another one, uh, yeah, absolutely not surprised at all that he got that award. Yeah, another no brainer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the Jets got themselves a good one there. He's Although I would give an honorable mention to Tariq Woolen up in Seattle. Nice year, yeah. He did. Yeah, I mean that definitely more about he was either yeah, tied for the lead lead or second in the interceptions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point, dude. The value they got on Tariq Woolen's insane. Um day three guy. But yeah, he had a great year. Good, good Doesn't really matter where you get him, you need one. You need yep. one shut down corner. Yeah, absolutely. Makes everything so much easier to run defensively, schematically. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, sticking with the Jets here, ESPN's Rich Samini expects the Jets to release defensive end Carl Lawson. The Jets have $37 million tied up in Lawson for $15 million, and linebacker C.J. Mosley, $22 million this year. Releasing Lawson would, would clear his $15 million salary, and Mosley could be asked to restructure. Um, not, you know, I, I was excited to see Lawson get the change of scenery coming from the Bengals. You know, we, we got to see flashes of what he could do. And I, I wanted to see if he could do it in a full time role because that's always the biggest thing with part time pass rushers. You see the flash, and can they keep that production up with the, with a bigger snap load, right? That's. It's always the big question with those guys. And he got hurt, and it sucks. Right away. He got hurt yeah. right away. And he was yeah. absolutely crushing it. Uh, you know, that preseason, everything you're hearing, he was couldn't – they couldn't block him a practice. And he was just dominant every – you know, I know it's just practice this and that, but you want him to – that's what you want to hear. You want him standing out by all the beat reporters saying his name, especially defenders when they're standing out like he was. It's always it's always good. Then he gets hurt in that joint practice. I believe it was against Green Bay. And, and that just sucks. So he, he just never really got a chance to get going, and he's making a ton of money, and he's, he can't, you know. 
Yeah, might bounce back though too. Could be good value. Could be good buy yes. low and yes, in IDP could be uh, good buy yep. low in in the real world. You know, like yep. give them a one year prove it contract. Well, we'll look at, you know, we just talked about Chauncey Gardner Johnson and yep. you know what I mean. I don't think he'll ever be that low. The end is is much more uh, coveted. Yep. But uh, pass rushers uh, are at a premium, and uh, safety's not so much. But uh, yeah, like somebody could get. Carl Lawson back to, you know, close to uh, peak form or, you know, even if he's 90% of what he was uh, about to be or, you know, had in his, his contract season. Definitely want, might want to add him. I think he's going to have a lot of interest if that's what happens, if they do uh, part ways with him. Right. Well, some somebody's definitely going to dance on him because – 2017 was his rookie year, eight and a half sacks. 2018, he only had one. He was injured that year. 2019, five. 2020, five and a half. He set out or was injured for all of 2021. 2022, this past season, he had seven sacks, which is his second most. So somebody's going to look at that if he hits the market that's wanting a pass rusher. They're probably going to pay up for him. And, you know, I – the Jets, they're especially with Jermaine Johnson coming up, right? They're probably going to say, "Well, adios. We'll take our chance with the rookie. Um, we've got some other pieces that we can fill in with him." Um, I, I think his days in New York is gone. I think somebody else is going to pay him and give him what they want, especially with maybe seven the, sacks. Maybe the I mean, that's yeah. Titans could use uh, the end, couldn't uh, they? We could. Yeah, you got Weaver. Who else you got? Don't you got more interior linemen. Landry will be hopefully be back for you. Yeah, oh, we got yeah, Landry, Landry which he's an outside linebacker, but we got Weaver. Dupree's been a bust, so maybe that's kind of where they try to fill in or replace. Maybe. Well, the contract is. Uh, I think he. I think he had quite a few years on that contract. Yeah, it was yep. it was a massive deal to start with, and. A big overpay. Well, yeah, I mean, pass rushers get paid. That's just the way it is. Yep. Premium position. Um, Got to get pressure. Yep. Yeah, I could, could see your boy Jermaine Johnson there, Hollywood. Get some running here, too. I'm all for that. Um, yep. I think he's the next man up for sure. I think that's yep. kind of what makes Lawson expendable, right? Yeah, Young gun that's got a lot of potential on a cheap deal. I mean – at any position. Yeah. I mean, Dooge talks about it all the time with us. You know, when you've got a young gun making pennies on the – it's a no-brainer, right? So. Well, he's solid, but I don't think he's ever going to be great, Jermaine Johnson, personally. I, I was thinking about the, the write-up I wrote about – all the guys we selected in the first round last year, I was thinking about maybe reading that, but it might be too long. It might be too hard for me to get to it fast, too. Hey, if you want to go ahead and dig it up, go ahead, buddy. Well, because <coughs> it was Hollywood's yeah. pick. Yeah, I was busting his balls a bit. Oh, look <laughs> at that. DWC draft re- I got 
Jermaine Johnson. I bust Hollywood's balls all the time for fun, and I think some people may be surprised that Johnson could end up being taken later than most think in the NFL draft, which actually did happen. But that's not necessarily an indictment of the player himself. I personally like the player and think he'll be a solid pro despite, despite my bias against FSU. I really like his hand usage, despite the fact that he doesn't have a wide array of pass rush moves, in my opinion, and the fact that he plays fundamentally sound football. That alone, being a team player, will get and eventually keep him on the field for the necessary snaps to accrue IDP-relevant stats. His 10-yard split is fucking sick, and his broad jump, another test result that is indicative of overall explosiveness, is 92nd percentile. His weight is a bit of a concern for me, and it shows up on tape with more stalemates than you'd hope to see out of someone projected to go so high, which is why I think that he may slide a bit on April 28th, because I wrote this uh, before the draft. Yep. Because our rookie draft is before um, the real-life draft, Yep. like we always brag about. Uh, just continue <laughs> on to say, uh, still some team is going to draft him knowing these things, and he will be a system fit for whichever team does. So I'm not overly concerned because he's an, he's a high-effort player that will get his name in the box score, even just by virtue of being where he needs to be and falling into some stats, so to speak. Overall, what I'm saying... Uh... Oh, froze? Okay, I think dude froze there for a sec. Yeah, he froze. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, I'm a I'm a huge uh, Jermaine Johnson guy, right? Um, kind of nailed it last year. I thought the Jets would take him. I didn't know that they would take him with their second pick. Straight up, but they they got a good deal, and it makes sense, right? With Carl Lawson and the contract, him being injured. Um, I'm a little higher on him. You know, I'm kind of trusting my grading system that I have, and he graded off the charts. So as a pass rusher, he's he's elite uh, compared to some of the other players. You know, you put him up there with the Chase Youngs, the Nick Boses of the world over the last few years in my system. Um, you know, um, he's graded really well, so – um, and I think he fits what they want to do, right? Robert yep. Sala is a defensive uh, defensive minded coach, yep. so he's going to want those type of guys. So, and it and he's a rookie, right? Heading into year two, now we need to see what kind of big jump he's got. And if they're going to let Lawson walk, clearly they've got a a lot of belief in in Jermaine Johnson. So, yeah, it's it's a good spot for. For Johnson to step up in year two here, because I mean, it's it looks like Lawson will be uh, somewhere else. So there's snaps to be had, and you, and you just hope he takes full advantage to do what he has right. to do to get him. So uh, next piece of news: Washington coach Ron Rivera said the team has open contract talks with defensive tackle Deron Payne. The Commanders didn't extend Payne last offseason, letting Payne play out on his fifth year option. Payne went on to produce career highs in tackles with 64 sacks, 11 and a half. Tackles for loss, 18, quarterback hits, 20, and passes defended with five. So a hell of a year for Deron Payne, and now he's going to want some money. That's what I'm seeing, boys. What do you think? And he's going to get it, too. He's going to get it. 
I mean, a defensive tackle doing what he did is kind of unheard of, right? 11 sacks, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 11 and a half. You know, they did, yeah, 11 and a half. Um, and, and rarely, you know, you go back to his college days, right, at Alabama. And then he hit the college football playoffs and parlayed those two games into – Huge money with Washington, right? You know, uh, especially in the championship game against uh, Clemson. He was just a game wrecker. So um, he's gotten better at the NFL level. And I think you saw this year it kind of all came together for him. Now, now the, uh, the, the knock is, if you will, Jonathan Allen, he's got uh, – or not Josh Sweat, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, such a stacked defensive line, right? I get it. That's part of it. But I think, I think he's really turned into one of the better defensive tackles in the league, and Washington would be crazy not to sign him or get him re-signed, if you would, because um, I think he fits what they want to do. He fits their personnel up front. So, um I did an article on this a month ago. If they's in Washington and resigns, I'm all in, right? Because he's a perfect fit. But if he leaves, if somebody throws the money at him and he leaves, which we've seen happen with many, many players. Somebody is going to throw really, the money at him. Yes, they yeah, are. Yeah, they are. That, that, that's the problem. That's why they probably can't well, resign him. Like, he only well, made 2.6 last year. See, my analogy was being a Titans fan. You remember Albert Hainsworth. He had a huge season with the Titans, went to free agency, and coincidentally, Washington signed him to a freaking mega deal. Monster deal, yeah. And, Back in the day, that was one of the first yeah, $100 million dollar contracts, I think. Yeah. Then he couldn't yeah, pass and he shit the freaking bed, right? He, he shit the bed and – and the value just wasn't there. So I could see that with pain too, right? Yeah, any big guy. Let's, uh, let's, they get let's, the money. Add this, let's add this to the mix too. They drafted Fidarius Mathis, Fidarian Mathis in the second round last year out of Alabama. Yep. They are preparing so, for this. They know they're going to let him walk. That, yeah. That, think about how much money he's going to command. Like, his his rate he's gonna get like fifteen million dollars a year more than he was making, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. he's gonna get his, yeah. he's gonna have a huge contract, right? And yeah. that was kind of the 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 thesis or principle of my article was, you know, if he stays in Washington, fine, you know, keep him. He's a top prize. If you want to trade him, you know, command a big bigger return for him. But if he leaves, if he hits free agency and leaves. Man, you better get rid of him before free agency hits if you think that's the case. Because I'm sure I don't know. Yep, I do too. I think he's going too. And in my opinion, I don't opinion, even know I what think, Washington's cap situation is, but I just can't see them being able to pay all those D linemen. Right. So for me, I'm getting rid of. I'm selling right now. I'm I'm bailing on him. I'm I'm getting what I can and and taking the money and run because. I just don't know that it's going to be better wherever he goes. Or I think he's in the perfect spot now. Is what I'm saying. 
uh, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Yeah, but are you going to turn your nose up at your once-in-a-lifetime chance to make huge money? You know what I mean? Like, it's no coincidence he balled out this year in a contract year. We see it all the time. And, yeah, he could fall off, especially the big fellas. You know what I mean? They get lazy and they get fat and they get sloppy, and uh, that's life. I mean, any guy that gets a contract kind of, you know, tails off a bit. But, like, you know, obviously, if you're going to sign anybody – if you're Washington, you're going to try to sign him, but I just think he's going to price himself, you know what I mean, out of their market. Yeah. Yep, totally But agree. they don't have a lot of uh, free agents, though. I'm looking at them now. I mean, uh, not a whole lot of uh, big names on here. No, I think I think everything for I them kind of starts their... 2024. Oh, the Paul Holcomb only made $688,721 last year. <laughs> well, yeah. he was hurt, but I mean, that's good value for her. Yeah. Sorry, well, I got off track there. But, I, I mean, no, drawing pains is that's what we do. plain and simple. That's what we do. Yeah, he is. Yeah. We get, don't worry. We're getting off track is what we do here. So we right on. off on tangents. We, well, you're saying, yeah. So you're saying I can <laughs> finish up my tangent on Jermaine Johnson then? Hell yeah. Well, I was so rudely interrupted by technology <laughs> again. I mean, who says, sure, you have to plug the, who says you have to plug the cord into the right port? You know what I mean? Like, why? Why? It's a circular, <laughs> it's a circular port, man. Why won't just any circle work? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Uh, yeah. We, uh, you don't need to make it this hard. Uh, for, for finishing off with Jermaine Johnson, though, if, if people can follow the back and forth with it all, uh, the, the one thing that I wanted to say and the reason why I'm bringing it up again is, is like, I feel I have to say this is that that explosiveness, you know what I mean? That we've seen in the test results uh, from the combine with the 10 yard split and the, and the uh, uh, broad jump, even in the 92nd percentile. Uh, I don't see that on tape. You know what I mean? It doesn't always show up and he can be neutralized. Uh, you know, like I don't see the ability to consistently disengage. And that was at the college level. You know what I mean? Right. So I, and I, I just, you know, even chasing to the sideline, like he's, you know, you don't expect your DN to be able to uh, make a ton of plays like that, but still like he's losing more yards than, than you would like, you know what I mean? Like uh, despite the yeah. measurables and he was a little bit of an older prospect too. He was yep. uh, 23 years and eight months uh, to start the season. So that means he'll be 24 years and eight months to start next year. And he, he was, was never able to beat out the competition at Georgia either. Before he I was just going to say, SU. I was just going to say, add that with the fact that he had one big year worth big playing time. Cause he couldn't beat out. Obviously Georgia's stiff competition, but you'd love to see it happen anyway. But yeah, he had the, he had the one year of, big time production and playing time and that was transferring to FSU. So he came in a little older and with only really one year of, you know, a big sample size of tape. So Yeah, but what a what a one year, right? Absolutely. He, he kinda, you know, two years at Georgia, sixteen seven sacks, or uh seven six and a half sacks. He transfers, goes to Florida State, twelve games. 17 and a half tackles for a loss, 11 and a half sacks. So he was basically averaging a sack per game. And that's, those numbers are intriguing, right? No, oh, um, for sure. But then you go ACC from the SEC, 
You know what I mean? That that factors into it. I got it. He's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. I like him. You know what I mean? I think he'll be a solid pro. And like I said, I know he'll do his job. uh, You know what I mean? That that I think he's gonna get you know decent stats. But we're looking for freakazoids. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what we need at that position in in IDP. And I just don't see him ever being great. But I could be wrong. You know, uh, same with Karloftis. I feel the same way about Karloftis. Because I think Johnson is – he's one of the elite, you know, especially out of that class. Um, I know you love him, but I don't don't love him nearly as much. Yeah, I do. So so we'll put on our flags and we'll have this conversation in a couple years. Yes. If we're both still alive. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) What are the odds of that? That, That's the key. That's the key. I say odds are great. I say the odds are great. I'll give me Johnson before I bet on that. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Next piece of news. The Athletics' Zach Jackson writes, "It feel, quote, unquote, it feels like John Johnson won't be back with the Browns in 2023. Johnson had a down season, and is, this is per his words, Johnson had a down season and is one of Cleveland's best avenues to clear cap space this offseason. He's got a $13.5 million cap hit, and the Browns can save $12.6 million by cutting him. Yeah, pretty, I, pretty clear. Pretty straightforward deal there, right? I mean, yeah. Um, Safety is kind of devalued too, you know. Yeah, they yeah. got Delpit. They got who else there? Um, it's just going to bring up stuff like this. Uh, I'm drawing a blank um, on the Cleveland depth chart. Are you? I'll find it. You'll probably find it faster. Well, that's not, um... <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, that's when we need. Uh, what's his face there? Uh, they got. Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison, Anthony D. Anthony Bell are the only guys. Well, Ronnie Ronnie Harrison's going to be Delpit. a free agent. So, but yeah, dudes had already said Delpit, but yeah. So, really behind them, yeah, you know, but, they would need a safety. So, yeah, but the thing with John, really not a bad safety, right? He's played six years, uh, four with the uh, Rams, two with uh, with the Browns, three time hundred tackle plus player um you know he's he he's really a pretty good player i think with his production and what he can do you're looking at the tackle numbers they're up there but he's also pretty decent in coverage i mean he's got 12 interceptions 41 pass deflection six years um tackle so he's probably right around that 90 tackle a season mark um well, you got to remember, I think, Cleveland. he started playing more deep. So while he's his not the numbers co- coming from Los Angeles, changed, right. his role changed and he's just, I mean, he's, he's not elite, him. but he's probably going to get a good look, right? I mean, somebody in free agency is going to take a good look at him. He's going to get, he's going to play somewhere. He's not, yeah, he's not a bad safety. He's just right. making too much money for what Cleveland wants to pay him right now. That's all. It's, it's all this time of year. Exactly. Is, yeah. No, he's been up somewhere. I mean, he, I mean, last year he had 101 tackles, 70 solos um, for Cleveland. I mean, that's pretty solid numbers for safety. Right. Just it's all about the money, man. If you got to clear it. it I'm trying to remember stuff. if yep. – uh, sorry. Absolutely. If uh, 
D'Anthony Bell is the uh, was was his college team the Rattlers? Oh boy, I kind of liked him if that was him. There's a few guys that had uh, similar names in that draft class, but uh, uh, West Florida. Guy, yeah, West Florida, but I, I'm trying to remember if that's the Rattlers or not. Having a hard time figuring that one out, but uh, he might be uh, if he's the same guy I'm thinking of. I, I liked his tape and I kind of liked the way he was moving at the combine. I'll have to double check on that. Throw a but so you're saying throw a dart for free? Price of a mouse oh, yeah. click? Price of yeah, a mouse yeah. click? Shout out Johnny the Green. Well, Love it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know what I mean? If, <laughs> if he's if he's guy that's going to be getting the snaps, we'll see what they do in the draft. But I think they right. have. Probably more right. pressing needs. You never know, though. Right. There's a couple of uh, high-end safeties in this I year's draft. They, if you, if I think they do place. have more pressing needs. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, because you're if you're looking at Cleveland's numbers defensively, right? Grant Delpit led the team with 105 tackles. John Johnson was second with 101, and then a corner who me and dudes Emerson, right? Martin Emerson, yeah. He had 63 tackles. State. So they, you know, when you're when your two safeties are making all of your tackles, you got a problem. That ain't right? good. Sion yeah. Kentucky had Never 71. Good. JLK yeah. had 70. And Martin Emerson was fifth with 63. So you've got two safeties, two linebackers, and then you got a corner at number five. JLK couldn't stay um, healthy. Right. I don't know that letting John Johnson right. I don't know that letting John Johnson go is a is the greatest move for them. Um because I think they got they got bigger issues. So I mean that's just my take. I mean, I'm sure he'll land somewhere and uh get a good deal, but Cleveland is such a mess right now. I just I'm looking at their well, roster and it's it's just a freaking mess. I don't like even know where you go with this. If he's going <laughs> to stay, he's going to have to restructure. It's pretty much the only way. I mean. Yeah, and you can kind of get, you know, safeties on the cheap sometimes, yeah. you know, in yeah. IDP and in the real world. Absolutely. You know, I think you see that happening more and more. There's a couple of decent ones on, on the market, you know, like you're telling me Jimmy Ward couldn't do just as good a job, you know what I mean? Or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Adrian Amos. Uh I don't know. You can go down the list, even down to a Lamarcus Joiner, you know, like for dirt cheap, Absolutely. and then fill your needs somewhere else. And, and two of the big names that's don't get re-signed. Two of the big names is going to be Von Bell and and Jesse Bates, right? A division rival, Cincinnati. Do they do they let both of them walk? Do they sign one of them? Do they re-sign both of them? I mean, I think Bates is gone for sure because, yeah. Kyle, we've talked about this for, what, fucking three years, seems like, you know, with the <laughs> franchise tags and shit. Well, they've Cincinnati had issues. Don't yeah. Want, yeah. I mean, they don't typically, when you have issues like this, back to Carson Paul. Yeah, their owners. They typically cheap. don't. Yeah, they, they typically don't settle this deal in favor of Cincinnati, it usually ends up in that player walking. And I think Jesse Bates is, I think he's one that walks. And I think he's, he's a player that kind of sets the market at safeties, right? Where does he land? Where does he go? So I think like dude, you're saying there's some options out there. So if Cleveland wants to let um, John Johnson get 
maybe they Jesse Bates, right? I mean, Jesse Bates and Grant Delbert would be a one freaking hell of a one-two right there. Well, you can kind of uh, tell what a team's thinking, you know, like the year before in the draft. And, you know, since he took Dax Hill and, uh, yep. you know, you Tyson see it all Anderson. the time. You see them, they're just trying to replace guys they know they're going to lose. Yep. You know, either a year ahead or that year in the draft. You see it all the time. Like so last year with, with, with your Titans, you know what I mean, and uh, McCreary. Basically, Jack Rabbit's replacement. You knew that that was just, you know what I mean? They're just putting yep. him right in where Jack Rabbit was, and that, and they're going with that. And so I, I feel like, you know, Cincinnati pretty, pretty well already made the decision last year. Right. Yep. With Jesse Bates. Yep. Now, Absolutely. whether, whether yeah. the kid's ready to go or not is another yeah. thing. They had a whole year to check it out and find out. And, you know, we probably don't know that as well as they do, but I, Highly doubt they're going to break the bank for a free safety, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, that's just not so, their so MO. Like you said, their yeah. owner's cheap. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But again, I could be wrong. And I mean, he's great on the back end. He hit a lot of stuff for them uh, out of their corners. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, the year before in the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? When you got Eli Apple out there, uh, playing Olay like a, you know, he's brutal. He's he's absolutely (laughs) horrible. You know what I mean? You need a guy like Jesse Bates back there if you're going to run out of a corner like that. So if you are going to go with Dax Hill or whoever you're going to go with. I seriously think my fat old ass could go out there and do better than Eli Apple. I really do. Don't be ridiculous. But, I mean, uh, like at at corner, I think that's one of their biggest needs in Cincinnati. You know what I mean? They need a lockdown Mm. corner. But it's not really their M.O. They did a good job with uh, getting Taylor Britt last year. Would they draft him in yep. the second round? In the second Bring round, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, a it was even a little higher than I thought he would go. Even though I liked him uh, as a player, but still, like uh, he did very well this year. Yeah, I think him and Alante Taylor went right around the same area in that yeah. second round, right? And uh, yeah, I had a I had a a great deal for Alante Taylor in DWC this week. Kyle, you want to hear it from this team called? <laughs> uh, busted. Hollywood hookers. Yeah, he was so generous. Easy, easy, easy he now. so generous with his offer. He offered me a seventh rounder, a late but seventh rounder. Make sure you disclose wow. the full details here. Yeah, it was a wow. 7.13 for okay, Monte okay. Taylor. That's the full details. He's and doing uh, you a the other, de- the other no, detail no, no, came no, back no, 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 no. to you no, in the comments. No, the full details so is you drafted him in the 10th round last year. So I'm giving oh, you man. three Three it's not my fault. I'm a good talent evaluator. Bullshit. Hey, I'm giving you a solid. Giving you three Come rounds on, better than what you drafted, man. Get the fuck. You get the fuck out of here. Alante Taylor is going to be a starter next year, and uh, he's a stud. You? Uh, IDP owners uh, just okay. need to uh, listen to me okay. on this one. Well, I'll give you a six right now. Six. Ooh, a six. Would you really? Man, I almost thought, I almost shot oh, back really? a second. You know what I mean? Like and, that, and this is coming from a guy that says, "Oh, you can get corners anywhere. Corners are a dime a dozen." And he's busting my balls over there. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck H. off. I give you no Alante Taylor for a seventh rounder, late seventh rounder. You out of your mind? I wouldn't even do it for a fourth See? rounder. I don't think. 
I can't even talk to you right now. Me and Razor, we get deals done. I can't talk to you. Razor's dead. Razor's All right. ghost. Doesn't sound like it. I know, <laughs> and I miss Razor. Razor was my boy. Go ahead, Kyle. We're spinning right. in a downward spiral uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Deal's never getting done. The Athletics' uh, Matt Barrows writes, the 49ers are unlikely to pick up Javon Kinlaw's fifth-year option in May. Not surprised. I'm sure you guys aren't. I don't think we have to spend much time on this one. But if you want to, go ahead. Such a shame, really, right? I mean, super talented player, but just never panned out because of injuries. And hopefully the guy lands somewhere where they'll give him a chance, right? And he can get help. I mean, I think he's healthy now, but hopefully he'll land somewhere that can use him. But he tackles like, like out, he, so. he tackles like him sometimes take a little while to develop, but yeah, you know, I mean, right. depending on the size of your league and you know what I mean. If he's if he's available in DWC, like you know, you're gonna go grab that guy. Absolutely. But he'll never right. be available. Like we're just too deep. Yeah, and waivers yeah. should never help you win a championship. Is my philosophy. So I made it that way on purpose. You know. But yeah, there's, our waivers are gonna get healthier and healthier as we go. Mm-hmm. Because you know what I mean. Like uh, despite the 50 man rosters and 20 man taxi, we're still just the more the more players. Uh, you know what I mean. The more drafts we go through, the more rookie drafts and whatnot, the more it frees up guys on the waiver and i think it'll get healthier and healthier as we move along here if we stick with these roster limits absolutely uh last piece of news ravens defensive end calais campbell announced he would return for a 16th season in 2023 so the big man's coming back for one more trying to get those 100 sacks yep absolutely yeah out of the u yep yep Dude, he's so good. So good. Well, he, he's he's sitting on 99 right now, right? So he just needs one sack to hit 100. Um, yep. Had five and a half last year, which was uh, the most he had since 2019. Be nice to get him a Super Bowl, too. I heard some talk about the Cowboys. It makes sense. They definitely need interior yeah, help I mean, on their line. Yes, yes. I mean, he's going to have to play somewhere where he's a 4-3 end, right? I mean, because he's a big dude. Um, I mean, you don't necessarily – I mean, he can play inside if you want to kick him inside at that 3-4 D tackle or that 3-4 end. You can play him there. But I think where he really excels is as a 4-3 end guy that can hold the edge, shut it down, rush the passer. Um, be interested to see kind of where he lands, I think. But uh, but one hell of a career. I mean, you're looking at, you know, 227 games, 809 tackles, 99 sacks, um, 165 tackles for a loss. I mean, for a guy his size playing his playing the position. When you look at his size, six, eight, three, that automatically tells you or instinctively tells you he's an interior defensive lineman, right? Defensive tackle, but 
that's not necessarily true. I mean, for his size, he plays way above what's expected at a defensive end. I don't think you can plug people, most players his size at defensive end and get that type of production. You just can't do it. So he's an elite. Uh, I kind of interested to see where he winds up playing, I guess. Um, I'm not going to hold out that he's going to be elite again, but he can help a team win for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He'll go somewhere. Somebody that needs a, a contender that needs a, a defensive line boost and a good old veteran and Clayce Campbell could still contribute. But uh, looking looking for him to get that hundred sacks right off the bat. Um, dude, anything? No. Nope. All right, that's uh, that's all I got for news and notes, man. Oh, that's all you got for news. Oh well, I gotta mention Michael Irvin, my boy. Right. Nobody died this week. You don't. You don't have to. Bust oh no, my go ahead. Go ahead. Anybody Mike Irvin got a hundred million dollar lawsuit going on. Somebody was trying Eek. to discredit his reputation. Somebody's trying to cancel oh. him. I'm, I'm. I'm glad. I hope somebody. Uh, one of these cancel culture uh, people get uh, hit with something big, a big lawsuit that uh, actually sticks. Tired of seeing that people trying to ruin people over minor stuff you know i don't even whatever yeah. apparently he was talking to some girl in the lobby of a hotel at marriott or something and somebody blew it right out of proportion i don't have all the details but well oh, was, you know it was the same thing with um uh, with yeah, the tiger woods oh tiger okay. woods right he did the uh, whole uh i was thinking willie mcginnis thomas i think him and roy McElroy, but but today that he kind of handed Justin Thomas a, a tampon, you know, as a joke, an inside yeah. joke on the field, and it got blew out of proportion. Everybody was making news out of it. Crazy, I mean, I, I'm with you, dude. I, I think it's crazy. You can, you can't even have fun and joke no more without somebody's feelings get hurt. But everybody um, offended about everything, right? Um, None of your business is what it is. You know what I mean? So what if he was exactly. talking to some some girl and it was a 45 second interaction from what I heard and uh, he went to his room alone and I mean even if he did say something so what you know like get over it she's you know he's anyways I'm not getting into it I just saw that today but I'm always pulling for my guys from the U yeah um, and I'm just sick of this whole cancel culture nonsense you know like oh it's such bullshit I can't. But yeah, he's got a hundred million dollar lawsuit out there. That's what I heard. Yep, saw that. Um, so for all of our listeners, we have a special opportunity for you guys. Um, no, you, you two are laughing. I think it is a special opportunity. We are, are, are I'm an opening in a you've heard us talk about it before DWC, right? It's a league, uh, it's a league that Deej or Dude runs defensive only, no offensive players. It's a dynasty league. Uh, we have an opening. Um, 
Dude, I'm going to let you promote it, man. This is your league, so tell everybody. Okay, well, first of all, it's uh, a 14-team, uh, like you said, IDP-only league. We got uh, two 17 conferences, Jack Lambert Conference, Lawrence Taylor Conference. Um, guy I didn't really expect to uh, lose, uh, has too many leagues, basically, with his new job and can't keep up. Uh, $55 buy-in currently with uh, the chance that it could go up, but uh, it would probably never go over 100, and I don't see it going that high right away. Right now, we have a vote uh, whether we should increase yes or no, that simple, and everything in this league is decided by a vote, uh, majority rules, uh, any major decisions. I don't, I don't make any autonomous uh, decisions in this league uh, as commissioner. Uh, it's your guys' league is the way I look at it. I'm kind of like a shop steward, and I'm just trying to give everybody what they want to the best of my ability, even though you can't please everybody on every single um, every single rule or uh, thing about the league. So, but right. any, it's, anybody it's has any, the owner legitimately no, cut back because he he had too much going on. It's not like it was a shit team, and he's like, I'm not winning, I'm out. It's a really good team. Uh, it's a really good league. Uh, me, Kyle, Dooge, Brock, that you know is tied with us, uh, is in this league. A, a lot of big players are in this league. It's a it's a really balanced league. And two of the things that I love about it is it's strictly IDP. Fuck offense, right? It has nothing to do with offense. Uh past few years when i look to join a new league i'm looking for how unique it is right so one of the things this league brings is it's unique it's it's you no league that i have is like this in the fact that we draft rookie drafts is before the nfl draft right so you know the nfl draft is into april we're drafting before that so you need to do your homework you need to know your players trust your processes uh, I think that's so cool. I love that. But you off stage. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, your uh, our drafts, our rookie draft starts on uh, St. Patrick's Day every year, March seventeenth. So we kind of gotta get somebody in here, and and it has to be somebody who you know takes it seriously because um, this particular team, while it is good, is not deep, right? Like uh, he didn't take the time to um, you know fill out his roster and his taxi squad. And to me, if you're not, you know, uh, using up every single roster spot you got and every single taxi spot you got for the most part, you're not really giving your best effort in any league. And so there's some name players, though, particularly at the end. I mean, this guy's this team has Miles Garrett, uh, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, uh, Hassan Reddick. Those are the big names, but also has got some guys coming up too. Uh, you know, we got Drake Jackson, Arden Key, uh, uh, Odin Yingbo, David Ojabo, Jason Owe. I'm probably screwing up people's names are fighting center, but uh, if I had this team, that's probably one of the first things I would do is probably trade a DN, try to uh, get maybe a D tackle because Harrison Phillips is his and and Larry Ogunjobi are his bigger uh Named D tackle has got Jonathan Hankins, Chris Wormley, uh, you know, nothing to write home about there, but 
we only have to start two D tackles, so that's not uh, a, a killer. Got some decent linebackers too. I mean, Jerome Baker, Devin Bush, Devondre Campbell, uh, Drew Tranquil. Uh, not bad. Corners are thin, but you know, corners are a dime a dozen, like I say. <laughs> even though I'm trying, even though I'm trying to get a, a third rounder for Alante Taylor, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh-huh. you can come talk to me. This, yeah. this, new, this new owner could come talk to me. I got corners uh, coming out of my ears, and uh, you know, on for safety, he's got Vaughn Bell. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, nice young piece there. Mm, Terrell Edmonds, Ken O'Neill. What do you have on injured reserve here? Uh, not a ton. Oh, well, J.C. Jackson was on IR, so that's – and uh, Marcus Williams, Baltimore safety. That's not that's, – I, I like that. Um, Daxon Hill, so uh, not bad. Like, needs depth. You need somebody to really, you know – uh, dig in depth wise, and uh, yep. we can't have a you know uh, an owner that doesn't take it seriously. Uh, I refuse to do that. I'd rather even you know if I had to lose another team uh, and and go with twelve instead of fourteen, as long as this league remains highly competitive, you know that's that's the main thing for me. Uh, like I said, fifty five dollar buy in for now. With uh, it could take a little step up, but I can't see it being any more than 20 bucks more than that, especially not this year. More than likely it would be implemented next year and everything is put to a vote. Any, anybody, you know, has something they want looked at. Like uh, we had a, a few people, a few owners uh, gave me some feedback and I put it to a vote right away. And um, that's how, that's how the league is run. And the thing is it, the thing is, it's a great league, right? I mean, we've got myself and Kyle and Dooge in here. But we've also got group. Brock, if you follow me on the Daddy IDP grind, Brock's in it. We've got Doc in it. We've got Trip, uh, who many of you know, he's been on our show a few times, so Trip's in it. Um, yeah, I'll put this and group it's of owners owners, right? up There's against a lot of any good league. owners that are just good IDP owners. So. Any yes, league. I would too. Yeah. I mean – there, there, there's a lot of guys I respect in this league, and that's not always the case in, you know, in my fantasy football life. In fact, uh, I disrespect people as much as possible, but I got a lot of respect <laughs> for everybody in this league. Right. But it's a great league. And, I, you know, when you proposed the idea to me and told me about it, I was like, bam. Yeah, we created it just on the fly one day. We were bored. AP, no during, offense. During the, during the, the COVID NFL years. Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had the thing up and running like a day later. Uh, so it's it, yeah. So it's so unique, and I'm, but it's such a great league. So um, if anybody's interested, hit myself up at Hollywood Titan. Hit Kyle up at K Bell F fifty four, and we can get you in touch with Dude, or we'll help you get set up with it if you're really interested. Um, if you're an I freak like we are. It's going to be your type of league, so hit us up and we'll uh, we'll get you set up. And trading won't be a problem. If you want to turn over the roster or you want to get some, you know, value, uh, you know, getting multiple players for for a stud or something like that, or whatever you want to do, whatever your strategy is, trading won't be an issue. I can tell you that right now. Yep. No, there's lots of trading goes on, um, and it's not just a few owners, right? It's it's a 
league. Everybody wants to trade and trade better um, and improve their team. So if you're, like I said, if you're an IDP free, th- this is going to be right down your alley. So hit us up and let us know. Um, but you be also, better, got better be ready for the rookie in, draft too. Better be ready for the rookie draft and, and you know, be a talent evaluator. Not trying to scare anybody yep. off who's potential, but like, it's coming straight around the corner. We're we're about yeah, a month away. I don't think. See, I don't see that as scaring anybody off. I want somebody who's going to accept that challenge, though. Is all I'm saying. I think the, exactly, and I think three of us, the three of us, are perfect examples, right? You know, I have my grading system. Dooge has his thoughts on how he drafts and grades players, and Kyle does too. I think that's a perfect fit for this league. If you're if you know your game and are set with your with your values and how you grade players, you're gonna love this league. I mean it's it's a really a true test. I mean and if you're you, gonna like this. I, I promise and you if, if you're you know IDP, your shit if you know your shit drafting before yeah. The actual draft can really get you some steals, like it, like Kyle has in the last couple of years in the first round. <laughs> Got himself Trayvon Walker at like one point one three last year. I think it. No, what was it? One point. It was late in the first. One point one two. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah you would never have gotten him at that after the real NFL draft. Mm. You know what I mean? He would have yeah. went top five for sure. Right. So. There's opportunity sometimes, and I know everybody says landing spot is everything, which you know it is. It's it's a lot of it, but also, yep. You know, if you uh, if you know your shit, you can get some good deals like that in the rookie draft. Right, absolutely. Um, and to kind of uh, piggyback off that a little bit, in our listener leagues, we have an opening in our leagues ready to take the full jump into uh, Duge's IDP only league. We do have an opening in one of our listener leagues that we're trying to fill. So hit me and call up. We can get you set up on that too. It's a free league. It's a listener league, right? We're trying to help people grow and learn, learn how to play IDP. So hit us up on that. But uh, if you're a veteran and really deep into IDP, I suggest you uh, take the DWC because that's, that's where it's at. Um, You know, we got a couple sponsors, Action 24-7, locally owned gambling site, for Tennesseans, by Tennesseans. Um, got all the, the odds like the big boys do. Uh, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, racing, ping pong, darts. Go check them out. Use the ho- promo code HOLLYWOOD100. They'll match you up to 400 You put in 400 they're going to match you 400 so it's 800 bucks. I don't know of anybody that's doing that right now. We'll go check them out. We think um, who sponsors our listener. Um, we think, uh, and then trophysmack.com. You've heard us talk about it. You've seen us on some of the shows. Plaques, trophies, rings, belts. Uh, man, they got some amazing stuff. All of our uh, listener league winners are getting rings right now. So go check them out if you need something nice for your champion. or the way to go baseball basketball it doesn't matter what you're doing uh they've got something for you um 
on to our main event here. Um, you know, the Super Bowl just ended, right? Uh, so now it's official. Um, I mean, it was kind of official for some teams before, but when the Super Bowl ends, when it's over, that's officially when, like, MFL fan tracks, they start rolling over the, the and that's kind of when fantasy owners start rolling over their leagues, right? Their 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 thought process. So, um, a few things here: off season prep questions. Um, which is the best way to build your teams that are contending, pretending, or no chance? Uh, draft trades. So, I guess it, I guess my question is: if you're a legit contender. What are you looking at? And if you got no chance, what are you looking at? Um, are you trading picks or um, are you sticking to the draft? Um, are you going full free agency? I mean, what are you guys kind of looking at? What's your kind of path to setting up the future season or the ahead season? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, it all depends what end of the spectrum you're at, right? If you're a rebuilding team, um, you got to look at your roster and, and see if, if you're a rebuilding team and you have any productive veterans, you should be trying to move them and get capital because picks always gain value. The, right from here till the – if you get picks now, they're going to keep gaining value up until the draft, right? It helps you move around, helps you navigate, helps you get players. So if you're, if you're a rebuilding – or middling team, you should definitely sell aging players. You know, you got to look at your roster and see if you have young foundational pieces to build around. Target a couple of those guys that you want to keep as your core. Sell other guys. You know, get draft capital. It'll keep going up in value. You don't have to make all your picks. You know, whatever you have today might not is not likely going to be. If you're a mover shaker trying to shake your roster up, you're not going to have all those picks on draft day. You're going to either move up, move down, gain value. As you see how this draft class shakes out, you got to understand where the value is in the draft class as well, right? On both sides of the ball, and what picks you want to uh, want to keep and where you want to target them. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think uh, it's pretty obvious, but yeah, you want you want draft capital because, like as I said, it gains value, and you want to sell veterans that are declining in value and get what. You, sometimes you got to get what you can. Um, if you're a contending contending team. You know, you, you guess you want to – it all depends on your league style too. Do you have a free agency period? You know, what is your your rookie draft? Is it before the draft? Is it after? Find, find your holes that you think you need to fill to, uh, you know, to, to make a run at it again if you have a strong team. You know, and it, it all depends. If you have a contract league, you might be losing guys. You might have to sacrifice a few guys to keep, to keep other guys in your free agency period. Um, but – you know, I, I definitely uh, – it's it, I think you don't want to just rebuild, rebuild your team, retool your team, just drafting players. I think you need to trade try to target some younger players too. Like, it, it's a great time to, to target some year two guys that um, didn't have great rookie, great rookie seasons that teams might be, like, impatient with, right? This is the time to go get second-year linebackers. N'Kobe Dean, if you like him, take a shot – yeah, yeah. This is great. Great point. I was thinking that the other day with TJ Edwards and Kaiser White both moving on. Yeah, you know, 
somebody might have uh, spent too high a draft capital on him last year and be pissed off with him already. And you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. You might be able to get him for a second rounder. Well, in an IDP only league, I guess I'm thinking about our league. He went number one yeah. overall in, in our in our rookie yeah. draft, right? Right. So, yep. you know, I know that owner and I know he wouldn't sell low, but also, and, you know, in another league where, you know, somebody might be a little bit pissed off at, a, at his rookie season that he didn't get any run. Yep. And he's got a prime yeah, opportunity. So I, I, yep. And I think if you're a true contender, right, a legit contender, and I'm not talking pretender, a legit contender, you got – you kind of got two moves, right? You're looking to acquire that one piece that Max Rickon, um, you know, you're looking for that huge piece that you can acquire to put your team over the top. But you're also kind of looking like you guys just said, Nicobe Dean, right? A lot of people are going to freaking, they're going to freaking give him away right now. For little or nothing, right? Because well, I, I don't know eyes, about that though. I don't think you're going to no, just they're get, not him gonna for give him away. because no. there's always well, they're not going to give him away, but well, you no, can get him at a good deal because get him at a discount no matter what, right? Yes, last you're yes. going to get him. Like if somebody shit, spent no. a third rounder on him last exactly, year, you might exactly. be able to get him for a so fourth I, rounder this year or something. Right. It's the something exactly. Cost. So I think if you're a legit contender, you can kind of cherry pick those players, if you will. You know. Nicobe Dean up because right now that right now from this point till the season starts, what's the hottest commodity? Any freaking rookie, just draft pick galore, whatever. So I kind of think Nicobe Dean, for example, kind of going to get overlooked. You can get him at a much cheaper value than you got him last year, and he's going to cost a lot cheaper than what draft picks are going to cost you this year. So, you know, maybe you're maybe you're a top four team and you're just missed a freaking championship game. Maybe there's not that big prize free agent out there, but maybe there's Nicobe Dean who you can pick up for. I want to say pennies on the dollar, but that's not exactly right. You, you can pick him up much cheaper than what it was going to cost you last year. And probably more cheaper than what if he come out this year than what his value is. So I think there's value there. So if that makes sense, I don't know if you guys are following yeah, what that I'm makes saying. Sense. Yeah, there's definitely going to be value there. And I mean, I was thinking about it just the other day, and I, I went and looked up, you know, who had him and whether I thought I could get him. And but uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I it's always totally forgot about what I was going to talk about next. Uh, well, I think just oh, they loved him there. The Eagles Sorry, were waxing poetic uh, about right. him behind the scenes. So uh, it's just that, you know, their, their linebackers were pretty set this year. But there's, like I said earlier, they were looking at, they knew that this was happening this year. They knew they were, you know what I mean? They had to move on and they they drafted him one year early and they developed him behind the scenes. And he's probably going to get his shot next year. Oh, absolutely, and I, I think like one important thing. Well, dude, you know, and, that kind of goes I, right into what league. you talked about earlier, right, Cincinnati, right? They knew they were getting rid of Bates. Bale was a free agent, so they drafted um, Baxter Hill, Tyson Anderson, 
so they they're kind of setting themselves up right they knew what they which is key because a lot of people don't see that you you're not looking ahead um i think and Hill is a great fantasy option for this year. Tyson Anderson is a great sleeper option for this year. You know, uh, you probably illegal. drafted him last year, both of them, and you didn't get – yeah, you didn't get your value of what you drafted last year, but now we're headed into 2023 with both of them being free agents. Maybe they're both gone. Maybe they both come back. Maybe only one of them comes back, but I think the value is better there – for those two, so it kind of goes into what you were saying. So, didn't mean to up. Sorry, no, you're not sorry, but that's okay. Um, but as dude said, with the Kobe, with the Kobe, you're fired, Kyle. You know, I ain't done that in weeks, but you're fired, motherfucker. Fantastic. Um, as dude said, in the IDP only league. <laughs> Uh, Nicobe Dean went one-on-one, right, in our IDP-only league, pre-draft, all that stuff. It's always good to look at, if you're going to target a player, to look at where they went so you know what the owner has invested, so you know what the starting point baseline is going to be. That's always good because we can sit here and say, I mean, that league is a very different situation, but just in general, like, hey, I want, I'm want, i interested in acquiring him. What, okay, now i got to say, oh, he's on Duge's team. What did he pay in my offense IDP combined draft? Okay, he spent the 302. Well, if I come at him and throw the fifth, a fifth round pick, he's going to tell me to kick rocks, you know. So, like, you always want to at least get an idea of where the investment was. And if you, if you, if you were like, hey, shit, I'll, I'll pay that three hundred two this year for him because I'm not that high in this linebacker class, and I need a guy. I'll, I'll pay that. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll basically give you fair value what you got or what you know. Right. Then there's then so there's now, a case. Would you would you guys still take Nicobe Dean in the first round? Sorry, my internet's kind of delayed. I'm just curious. No one let me know now. Would you still? Would you still, Kyle? I swear to God. No, I, I personally would not have taken him at 1.01 last year. See, I didn't have him that I, high. I, I, don't, I don't hate the pick though, and I, no. you know, I could tell you exactly what I thought about it here. I'll let you guys talk first, but I'll go tell you what I what I thought about it last year when it happened. Where uh, where are we at? Are we are Nicole we taking the Kobe Dean, Dean uh, in the first round of a Kobe Dean? Knowing what we know now, would you still take him in the first round? I don't know if anybody if you knew really now took him in the first round last year in in combined leagues. I would say he would be more of a second rounder, right? Yeah, well, right. You know what I mean. Best, but in in our uh, league, people had him as. I guess when I say in the first round, a lot of people had him as one of the first IDPs off the board. Let me say it that way. One of the first IDPs off the board, combined leagues, as Duke said. So knowing what we know now, would you still be taking that shot, taking that chance on him being one of the first IDPs off the board? I didn't like him that much last year, so. Well, he's small, right? Like, that's that's yeah, that's the problem. And that's the kicker, right? That was the but, huge net. But he's smart. He's instinctual. He's explosive. You know what I mean? Like you watch tape. Yeah, he he, he can uh, he he makes some splash plays. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I saw a lot of Devin Bush comps. So that and I don't you know some people don't wouldn't like that, but I I don't hate it. And uh, 
you know. Well, I don't hate it, but if you're if you're telling people it, right it now, it is the that, same that kind of situation. Devin though. Bush, they're they're going to shy away, right? Because Devin right, Bush is, and he's going to get covered up just like Devin Bush. Sorry, you keep cutting in. Exactly. I'm not sure exactly. When you're done I'm, but uh, no, it's it's my fault. It's my internet. I'm, I, I apologize. I I uh, I definitely had some issues. I said he's going to have some issues at the next level, no question. Like I wrote this last year uh, on April 27th. My final edits were done on this. Uh, given his lack of size and, and how he too will get erased from plays by NFL O-line, who will take him for some serious rides backwards. But when he's free to make plays, he makes them. Uh, and I say, will he get washed uh, without a guy like Jordan Davis preventing the O-line from getting to the second level? Yes. But this is before I knew they were going to be on the same team. <laughs> will, will he stay? Will he still make enough plays to be IDP relevant? You know, will, will he still make enough plays to be IDP relevant as a linebacker two or three? Yes. Yeah. But he may never be a linebacker one is what I uh, surmised. Um, and he's no Roquan Smith. So people should get that out of their heads right from the get-go is how I ended my little synopsis on him. And if we were to do it over again, I think that, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, for me, it would have always been Kayvon Thibodeau. And he never went till 1.04. Uh, that was my 1.01. And because uh, it's a swing for the fences pick. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I go with. I go with the, the, the highest possible ceiling. And as you guys know, and as you guys do as well, I follow college football like a, a freak show. So uh, he's been a super freak since high school and, and ain't nothing changed. So, uh, you know, but him, he has size issues, too, for his position, uh, you know, uh, but put him in the right system. And that's that's the key, right? Like yep. everybody's uh, well, not everybody, but the, but there's. You know what? The more and more I do this, the more and more I realize how few really elite uh, talents there are in, in every draft. You know what I mean? I love the draft. I love it one through seven. I even wouldn't mind if they even, you know, expanded the draft like back in the day to have more rounds. Like, yeah. I, I love I this love shit. That. Yeah, it's so much fun. But, but like the safest pick and the best pick, like, would have been Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. And you know what I mean? It's a. Yes. But I always look for ceiling, but his floor was, you know, safe, safe floor. So it was a bit of a boring pick, but it made the most sense at the time of our draft. And it, and it probably still does. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't go broke taking a, a profit, as uh, Orlovsky likes to say all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Could you gamble and win bigger? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm the kind of kind of guy I like to gamble. So I'm taking cave on Thibodeau. But is it smart? No. You know what I mean? The house always wins. Uh, and so I'm with um, you. Thibodeau was, and, and Thibodeau I had, was I had, a giant guy, though, right? I had, he he I had fit marks what they did. Yes. Right? I mean, he's I mean, when you look, it doesn't matter who the coach was or whatever, Thibodeau fit what the Giants historically done. When you go way back to Lawrence, historically he fit. And I think you saw flashes that um, Hutchison was the perfect storm, right? Played for Michigan, um, had elite production. Um, Detroit was a high pick, right? They won one of the top picks. I mean, that was a perfect storm. 
it, you take Detroit completely out of the top ten, and that can that just that whole complexion, I think. But I'm with you. I think Thibodeau is the best pass rusher in this in, in that entire class. I'm sticking by that. Um, hey, we got to see we got to see him do his thing at the end of the year, man. He really uh, right, right. He really put it on display. So I think it, that I mean the, the uh, I think the the light is bright with him, man. I, I was a Thibodeau fan as well. I would have took I would have taken Hutchinson one on one. I'm a big Hutch fan. I think. Like dude said, he's rock solid, and I also think that there, I think his ceiling's a little higher than maybe some people might have given him credit for, but that might have been my Michigan colored glasses. So I totally could see that being the case. Um, but I was a huge Thibodeau fan as well, and I could, there's no argument here saying that he could be the leader asset of the two. Totally get well, that. And we got to see it. We got to see flashes of what Thibodeau could be and if it all comes together, right? The, the whole thing with Hutchison so. was. He was exactly what <laughs> y'all are gonna bust my balls on this. It was exactly what Tebow should have been, right? As far as a full spectrum, right? Michigan kid played for Michigan. Detroit's got a high pick. They drafted him. Really good player, right? Tebow was the same thing. A Florida kid should have went to Jacksonville right off the bat. Because of the sales, right? The jersey sales, the whole the, the whole thing. It's not just his on the field. It was Detroit. A pass rusher, his production. It was his, he's a hometown kid. It was his, he's going to make a million sales off of jerseys and, and whatever. I mean, it was a perfect storm for Hutchison. I don't know that you're going to see that with any other player. And that's not a knock on Hutchison because he's legit, right? We saw it on the field this year. He earned every fucking thing that was coming to him. I mean. I mean, I bet Sauce Gardner jerseys are selling pretty good right now. They are. But I would like to see the numbers because I don't think they're selling as good as Hutchison's. Not in that area. I'm just saying rookie-wise. I'd like to – I'm saying I'd like to to see – I'd like to see that that, that theory. Yeah, I think that would be kind of neat. Yeah, it would be. I think uh, an important point to bring up uh, anytime we're talking about any of this stuff that we talk about on on this podcast is that you have to know your league scoring system. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I traded Cave on Thibodeau, even though I love the guy, just because that league doesn't reward DNs the way our league does. But yeah. in I do in in DWC defense wins championships, like DN scores high. Max Crosby scored the highest out of anybody this year. Overall, like overall point total, not points per game, but still. And, uh, you know, so that's why Aiden Hutchinson was a good pick, too. Plus, if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be a solid pro for like 10 years. Yep. And, you know, he's going to get double digit sacks. He might never lead the league in sacks, but then again, he might, too. Right. But he's all he's going to get you 10 sacks a year. You got him already as a rookie. Yep. And uh, so and I had question marks about. Dean because he's small and Lloyd because he's slow. And you know what I mean? Like we did move to true position. That's another thing I'd like to mention about that. Yeah. League for your listeners, the true position league. So that does put a premium on linebackers, which may have factored into, you know, that individual's decision to take him. But um, 
I had too many question marks around all the other guys and Kyle Hamilton too, you know, like I know you loved Kyle Hamilton last year, even from an IDP perspective, Hollywood. And, you know, I don't blame anybody for loving Kyle Hamilton. He's got great range. He had awesome tape and all that, but just from an IDP perspective, I wasn't as high on him. So like really it was down to two guys really for me it would have been, you know, and I would have taken cave on Thibodeau, but Aiden Hutchinson and, and cave on Thibodeau were two guys for me that I would have taken if I was in 1.01, just because of my, I have way more questions about Lloyd and Dean than I have about either one of those guys. And I'm either going to play the safe floor or the high ceiling. And for me, my style is always take the high ceiling. Yeah. And that's why when Trayvon Walker started dropping, I was trying to trade up, and then Kyle stole him from me, fair and square. <laughs> the ball sack of Canada. Swooped in, man. Outplayed Canada. <laughs> One time. So for, for, for the way that question started for me was uh, contending, pretending, I think it was, and uh, rebuild. I've never done a rebuild, so – for, for me, I've been playing MFL leagues for about five years now, and I play to win every year. And luckily, I've, you know, I've always been a contender, not to, you know, brag too much. Well, yeah, okay, I am going to brag. Fuck it. I've always been a contender. So, you know what I mean? I almost want to do a rebuild and just tear one down just to try it, right? But I don't know, you know, how much longer I got in this, this whole fantasy football uh, arena, but... You know, I, I'd like to do it before I, before I, uh, quote unquote, retire. But yeah, I'm always trying to win every year, and I trade a ton. I trade a lot, and the kind of the way I look at trading is, you know, I used to be a little more scared or reserved. I didn't want to lose a trade. I was scared to lose a trade. Now I don't give a shit so much. You know what I mean? I think I'm a volume trader. I look at it almost like gambling. If you can win 60 to 70 percent of the time, you're gonna come out on top. Even if you lose deals, you know what I mean? You can lose deals. Don't be scared to lose deals. Just shake it up whatever way you got to. Sometimes a lot of stuff is lateral moves. You know what I mean? Like, or are you just going to plant your flag on your guys? Or anytime I take over an orphan, I'm I'm uh, uh, turning over that roster at least 50%. That team's going to be mine. It's not going to be some other dudes that I, you know what I mean, took over an orphan for, and I'm just going to play his team. You know what I mean? Even if I got Nick Bolton on my team, and even though I love Nick Bolton, I'm trading him to Hollywood. You know what I mean? And in the end, uh, lose that deal? Yeah, I lost that deal <laughs> probably, right? But do I really care? No, because I was able to, you know what I mean, uh, get Dre Greenlaw, get uh, Jordan Hicks for cheap. Uh, you know what I mean? Plug in those holes, that linebacker that, you know, even though Nick Bolton was probably the highest scoring linebacker in any league last year, and it was a mistake, did it hurt me overall? No. I still beat Hollywood in the playoffs. So, you know what I mean? You know how it goes, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> Love it. That's an asshole. <laughs> so about the next part of this, this question. We kind of touched on some of it. Daryl, you want to give us the next part of the question? He's still um, mad about that that dig. He had an undefeated team in that league too. I don't know if you heard about this, Kyle. Oh, I did. <laughs> Dude, Hollywood's like, that's why I don't invite him on the show no more. 
fuck the legends. Fuck the legends. What an asshole. You're you're a dick. I am the greatest idiot of all time, and everybody knows it. <laughs> I really wish I would. Um now that the season's over, what types of players are you looking to acquire a move? Um, I guess this kind of question is, are you looking for, are you looking at rookies? Are you kind of looking at low, you know, mid players? I mean, are you trying to trade your hyper, like a Deron Payne? Are you trying to trade him? Are you, I mean, this is kind of an open-ended question. I mean, what are you looking to do with your off off-season moves here? Well, typically what happens for me as a contender usually, or at least trying, you know, maybe sometimes, sometimes I have a pretender, but I still am trying to contend, you know what I mean? But really I feel like I'm a contender all the time. And so I usually trade draft picks <laughs> and then now I'm trying to reacquire them. Right. So I go for it and then yep. I start to try to recoup the draft capital that I sold at this point in time now. Because I do feel like I'm a strong talent evaluator, and I do, and I love to draft. Even if I, you know, I don't typically uh, believe that draft picks are worth as much as other people think they are, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll get rid of them pretty quick to to make moves that will, uh, you know, give me a shot to win it all and and win the the prize money. But um, at this point in time, because I love drafting so much, I, I do try to reacquire draft capital at this point in time and usually from a team that like needs some veterans you know what i mean like uh they might have a lot of draft picks but like their team is so um kind of down in the dumps they, they need to in my opinion and what i would do in those situations would be try to acquire some give away some of these uh, magic beans uh for some solid idp production right give away some of these lottery tickets for some solid production if you, you know what I mean, aren't in a complete full-blown rebuild where, mm -hmm. you know, I think I like what Brock did, you know, and his uh, strategy worked out great and it won him the league this year where, you know, I think he never had a guy uh, over the age of 25 on his roster when he first started this league. And now they're all kind of coming into their stride all at once and he kind of hit it a year early. So uh, I, I've... I was even when at the time when he did it, I was like, I was a little bit jealous. Like I would like to try that sometime, but you know, I'm not really one of those guys that's willing to donate and um, go through the growing pains, but you know, it would be a challenge and it would be fun. And, uh, and if you, you got to have a strategy one way or the other. I, I don't think you can be kind of playing in between. You're either going for it or you're rebuilding. It's, it's that simple. No, I have Totally dig that, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's that's great stuff, dude. And um, I like I like the strategy there. And uh, just like we, we had really covered this earlier when we got into the Kobe Dean discussion and whatnot, and that was, you know, trading for guys that owners might be frustrated with, like him. And then also guys that people might not realize the situation they could be walking into, like a Brian Asamoa. Um, in Minnesota, you know, Eric mm -hmm. Hendricks and Hicks are on the chopping block because they're in Capel. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you got Flores coming in as a DC now. 
Uh, Asimov is a guy who can run. He's athletic as hell. Asimov is aggressive. I mean, um, Flores is aggressive. Asimov can play that kind of style at linebacker if they if they're comfortable with him. Now that's a new regime coming in, but there could be some serious snaps up for grabs in Minnesota, and maybe the manager that has him doesn't realize it. So it's a small move that is worth a shot. And then the same with a guy like Terrell Bernard in Buffalo. If Tremaine Edmonds moves on, maybe he walks into snaps. Just a low-risk move. You know, don't spend much on him. Maybe it's a mouse-click guy because he's on the wire. Um, stuff like that. And that was, same with, like, Dax Hill. You guys covered him great earlier. Um, you want to look at making moves like that, like Dale Odeyengbo in Indianapolis. Yannick Ngakwe is going to be a free agent. Odeyengbo finally showed a little bit at the end of the year. Just to, I like to make low risk moves to go, you know, to kind of like, if they turn out to be depth guys, fine, you know, you and if they if they hit it and you maybe one out of the five four moves you make turns out to be something, it, that'd be great. And if they don't, you don't have much invested. So, um, I always look at that, and then you know, then there's moves like, you know, like where where are you, where are you at with Troy Anderson in Atlanta if you're looking at these young guys, right? Rashawn Evans is on a one year deal, balled out. Um, Troy Anderson supplanted Michael Walker. You know, Dean Pease is gone now. Um, shit's going to get shaken up there. Does Evans go back? He was a Pease guy. I don't know. Maybe the organization likes him. Maybe they don't. I have no idea. But I do know Troy Anderson earned some run, and he's a guy I would. And he was getting it at the end of the year. Exactly. At the right time, right? That means he was coming along. We always thought, hey, it's going to take time. He went to fucking Montana State. It's not easy exactly. to play in the NFL, and he only played yeah. linebacker for a short period of time. So that's what, what you run again. Four four two. Yeah, it was something sick like that. Low four four four. Yeah, he was insane vertical. His explosive numbers and mm-hmm. uh, his long arm. You know, he's just he's got the build too. He's like six three. You know, he's, he's stout and, he, and um he like dude said he got the run at the end of the year and that's what you wanted, right? They want you wanted to see them be comfortable enough to put him out there for an extended period that like, they weren't afraid to like expose him. <laughs> You know, so, so like, if you're not in love with this linebacker class coming in, cause it's, you know, it's, I'm up in the air on it. There's guys I like, but I, I don't really know how it's going to shake out. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we don't see a first round linebacker and you're like, I need a, I need a young stud linebacker in my, my core is getting old. And I need a guy. Maybe you want to, you know, go, go make the move for a guy like Anderson. Cause you know, you kind of got an understanding of what you got and in a good situation, the way things look. So. Stuff like that to consider. Yeah, that's great stuff, Kyle. I, I think you hit on a lot of really relevant points. And uh, just uh, back up the, your statement about Troy Anderson at the end of the year uh, surpassing Michael Walker. Um, in weeks 15, uh, 16, 17, 18, you got uh, Troy Anderson with 82% snap count versus Michael Walker with 24%, 88% Troy Anderson to 15%, 86% to 16%, 95 to 13%. Rashawn Evans had 100% pretty well yeah. all the way along. But like you say, he's up in the air. And that's exactly what you look for. You look for situations where you're going to be able to get the snaps. And, yeah. uh, you know, the Raiders linebacker spot next year is interesting. You know, it is. Kind of starting to research that a little bit. But that's exactly what you do is exactly the way Kyle outlined it. And you can tell who was prepared for this question. And it was Kyle. Great job, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I I only was prepared because this is the stuff I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is the time of year to do it, right? It like is. We, yeah. But yeah. we still don't know, you know, exactly what schemes are going to be implemented. We don't know who's going to be where with the yeah. with the draft. You know what I mean? That can change yeah. everything in a hurry. Yeah. Throw a wrench into things. So yeah. sometimes, like, 
in our league in DWC with the draft, you know, being before the real draft, I'm not going to go, you know, do anything too crazy right now until I kind of have an ability to survey the landscape uh, for each particular team a little better. Right. Like, you know, you could go out and acquire somebody uh, that you think is going to get those snaps. And if he's cheap enough, you do it no matter what. But if you think that that team's going to, you know, address that in the draft, it's a little tricky because you know what I mean? If somebody gets drafted in the first round, they're going to be playing more than likely. But like, Jacksonville last year, you know what I mean? That really threw a wrench into, you know, my Chad Muma stuff. I never dreamed that they would double up, take Lloyd, and then take Muma again and basically ruined his rookie year. A guy I was high on, but now I'm not so high on him. Now I don't even really know what to do with that situation. You know, it's kind of 50-50. And Foyer played better than than Uh, I think all of us expected too, right? Outstanding, man. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for that guy, they would have been hosed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You watch the game, like – He's, I don't know. They might have missed on both Lloyd and Muma. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they need, they need, they need uh, what's his face? Boy, I can't, you, you say it for me, Kyle. Aluicon? Yeah, Aluicon. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a situation that, that's not what I expected to see. Foyer play way, I mean, I hated to hate on him too much before the year, but I didn't understand the contract. I thought Foyer was a little – I thought they oh, – I didn't understand it. And he, play, he played really well. And then I didn't understand the picks on the linebackers because I liked them both a ton like you did, Douge, and Daryl uh, as well. And, yeah, they both uh, cancel each other out. Foyer plays well. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I didn't like uh, Lloyd. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. a Lloyd, you, Lloyd you guy. You weren't a Lloyd guy. That's right. I want to, I want to be on record with that. Yeah, but no, you're right. You're right. Me and Daryl were, but you were not. Yeah. But, you know, like, as much as I wanted to want to move to do well, every time I watched, you know what I mean, I wasn't really all that impressed. And year one to year two is a big jump, mm-hmm. no matter what level you go to. You know what I mean? You go you, When you go from high school to college, man, year one to year two is your biggest jump. Pros, pretty much the same thing. But, like, you know, even though I'm, I don't think this guy is going to, you know, blow up because I don't know if he's going to be able to get the amount of snaps that he needs. But, uh, you know, Jordan Davis is going to be probably the man next year in the middle of the, the Philly Eagles defense because, like, we, we just talked about earlier, Hargrave and uh, um, Fletcher, Cox. Uh, Fletcher Cox are gone, probably. You know what yeah. I mean? Or one of them is gone for sure. So... But uh, I didn't uh, do any extensive research on this now, but I'm going to go look at last year's draft while, uh, while you guys talk about this further and see what kind of second year. We're talking about second year IDPs to take a big leap. Is that correct? Are we going to hit the listener questions? Do you want to? Um... Oh, I thought that's what we yes. were already talking I was, about. I was kind of leading yeah, into we, it. Yeah, we can hit those. Yeah. Go ahead, Mr. Right. Go ahead, boys. So this – so – you know, from Twitter, Nick Brugnoli, at Nick Brugnoli, he's what dude said here. What are some second-year IDP players you project to take a big leap? Can you also go into free agents and list ones that you are excited to see move? I know me and Kyle kind of hit on linebackers, you know, according to PFF, you know, yep, some of the big names. Yep. Was it top um, 10, Daryl? Top 10? They're top 10 free agents or something, or eight or something. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and we kind of touched on Deron Payne, right? Because he, yep. as far as the defensive tackle, he's the big prize. Yep. Um, 
it, it's I think for free agency, it's kind of hard to to hit on those right now because you still have that window where teams can sign, right? Von JC Bates, all these players, there's still that window where they can kind of resign. So um, until that kind of happens, it's kind of a standstill. But um, second year players that you project to take a big leap, I think we mentioned one of them on the show all night, right? Daxton Hill uh, for Cincinnati. I think he's poised mm-hmm. for a huge jump. Um, I just I don't see the scenario that Cincinnati brings back both Bates. I just don't see it. So even if they bring back one of them or none of them, I think he's he's somebody I'm kind of targeting right now. And if y'all have got some deep flyers or deep shots, Tyson Anderson, right? Uh, I think he's another one up there. And we mentioned this um, on the day the IVP grind. Uh, we had a listener, he's asking, he kind of asked, what players are you looking for? Schools are you? It, it kind of ties into this. On the college aspect, right, Daddy's side, you're looking at Clemson, right? Because you know they produce defensive linemen. They have over the past few years. They've got a heavy influx of defensive linemen leaving this year going to the NFL. So on the Davy side, I'm looking at, okay, what recruits is coming in from high school? What players is up next? Uh, Alabama with their linebackers. Um, that's what I'm looking at. Same that kind of folds over into Cincinnati, right? They've got uh, contract problems with Jesse Bates, Von Bell, two starters, two veterans. If I'm looking at it that from that process or from that aspect, okay, who does Cincinnati have? They have Daxon Hill. They have Tyson Anderson. Yeah, they were both rookies last year. Daxon Hill's probably the most prolific, the better ready prospect. So I'm looking at um, uh, secondary purposes. Cam Taylor Britt is another one. Those are guys I'm kind of looking at. Uh, and that's kind of how I look at it, right? You don't want to go – you don't want to look at a team that's got all of their linebackers signed up for four or five years that are studs, Tampa Bay, right? Devin White, Levante David. You're not really looking at middle linebackers for them because those guys are kind of signed up and there's a log jam there. Levante David to free right? agent. Um, back yeah. to Cincinnati. Right. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, so you're, you're kind of looking ahead. No, you're fine. You, you're kind of looking ahead. What teams has got issues contractually that they may be moving on from these guys and they got young guys behind? And I think Cincinnati's a perfect example. Yeah, 100%. This is going to kill me to say this out loud. And I already kind of looked into him in our league. But uh, somebody that I could see uh, sort of coming out of nowhere is uh, Christian Harris uh, for Houston. Because uh, not really sure what they're going to do with Kirksey. And, uh, you know, D'Amico Ryans, I'm pretty sure. You know, if anybody's going to get the most out of a guy like Christian Harris, who basically made the transition to linebacker in university at Bama. And, like, from a, like, uh, 
a traits-based perspective, he's got what you want. And he, really his issue is sort of football IQ. And if they can coach him up right there, I could see him uh, sort of definitely uh, making a, taking a big step next year. Another guy, uh, I just saw a few, th three names in the third round from last year that kind of intrigued me. Somebody I took a sh uh, shot in the dark on last year is uh, Alex Wright, uh, DN for Cleveland. I think uh, he started getting some run at the end of the year. I was going to check into that. but um, Big athletic uh, guy, too. Yeah, and uh, one other name that popped uh, out at me, oh, Nick Cross, right? Because uh, was it Roddy McLeod's there? I don't know what his contract status is, but he's getting long in the yeah, tooth. And, yeah, well, so you know what I mean? I, I knew Nick Cross might not be, you know what I mean, able to step in right away, although there was some excitement for that before last there year. Was. You know what I mean? There was an opportunity. A lot of people Huge probably – well, yeah, so a lot of people are going to think that, right? And so maybe, you know what I mean, you can kind of get them cheaper now because people will be frustrated that, oh, you know, Nick Cross, are you supposed to be the guy last year? You know what I mean? I, I hitched my rookie uh, hopes on and he did shit. So people will be mad at him, right? And next year he's going to have the opportunity. Another great draft pick years last year was uh, Kirby Joseph, uh, Kyle. Major hit, Kyle. Major hit, buddy. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Maybe even, like, I don't love Leo Chanel, but, like, he started getting some run even in the Super Bowl. But that those are the kind of guys you're looking for, guys with opportunity. That's the whole name of the game. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And um, gotta, we, we kind of touched on it just a minute ago, but – we had a Twitter user, Fritzy7, that's Steeler7, Steeler Vet7. Which linebacker do you think performs better with Ryan, with Joe Ryan's as a head coach? Uh, he also wants to rank these young linebackers in Dynasty, and he's got Zayvon Collins. Um, I'll let Kyle handle it. Kind of interesting with D'Amico Ryan's, right? I mean, does he go with. Does he stick with the Kirksey role, you know, the veteran kind of more leadership, or does he fully turn it over to like a Christian Harris and say, all right, big dog? Well, we're going to find out, right? Go. Like, um, Well, I just want to put it out there that Kirksey right. hasn't out this contract before the yeah. season. That's right. That's why I'm talking See, about See, that was Harris. my next thing. So I think Harris is going to be the guy you lock on to, right? For fantasy purposes, I think he's. Yeah, dude, go ahead. You you were uh, already touching on Christian Harris. Well, no, that's I just that was part of my reasoning. I thought I explained yeah, that, but okay. that's, that's. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, if I sorry, I thought I thought uh, Hollywood uh, buffered on, on us or whatever. Asked, no. Cut out. Go ahead. I may so. have. My bad. No, I, I had to switch uh, back. Well, I, was, was I, was looking at, I was looking at my screen. I wasn't looking at our screen of us. So I thought you just cut out again, and I was waiting for you to come nope. back. Nope, you're good. I mean, it's 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 my aluminum phone coat hangers. It's the, you know, <laughs> I couldn't upgrade this week. So, um, 
I, I think I like, it's being the head coach. I think he's going to want to go younger, right? I mean, he may want to keep some veterans, but I think Christian Harris is going to be a big play down there in Houston, in my opinion. Well, I didn't love his tape against Georgia last year, but he ran a 4-4-4-40. He had a 1.54 10-yard split, which will play in any league. And he also had a 98th percentile 11-foot broad jump. So these are my notes from last year. Some missed tackles to clean up and a lack of play recognition, football IQ, due to him transitioning to linebacker in university. Uh, athletically, he definitely has what it takes. However, he needs to land in a great spot like all these linebackers. Um, that's literally everything for any of them because they're not generational talents that can dominate independent from team setting. Dean is too small, Lloyd is too slow, and Harris is too far behind developmentally from a football IQ standpoint. But if there's one thing that can be fixed more readily than the rest, it's Harris's mental development and experiential quotient. To me, Harris has just as good a chance to succeed as Dean and Lloyd due to his athletic traits and the possibility that he goes to the right system and coaching for his development as a late bloomer type. If the light bulb goes off and he learns to read his keys, becomes more acclimated to the intricacies of the game, and it starts to slow down, become easy for him, then look out because he's got all the physical traits you look for. So I think this prospect has a good chance to outplay his draft capital, uh, but it may take a couple of years depending on where he lands. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. And it, you know, that stuff, that stuff showed up when he got, you know, some extended run there towards the back end of the season. Um, He, you know, he, he graded very poorly as far as PFF grades go. He he was, and it was a lot of it was, you know, like Deuce said, reading the key and seeing things right. He, He struggled with missed tackles. It was, it's the same things we saw, but like, as Deuce said, there, there is he's still transitioning, right? The guy who just started playing position at, at Alabama, and and I I do like your point as far as if there's a guy that could help him make a jump in his second year, D'Amico Ryan's is a pretty good bet. If he can't get it out of him, then you know, right? There, there's your answer. That's why I like that call right. a lot. That that you like the situation and. The, you know, the reward could be worth the risk of going to acquire because he's got the guy that can get it out of him. Kirk, like, dude, I, and I apologize if you had already pointed out, Kirk, he's likely gone with the out. And then I had brought uh, – so, yeah, it's it's the situation's right for Harris to make a big, big jump in year two if he can, you know, get it all together. Um, and, you know, was, I think in our group text I was saying, I'm curious to see if the Texans – I don't know that they're going to do it. I'm just curious if they do spend some money on a linebacker in free agency to pair with him. Just because of the D'Amico Ryan system, linebacker is super important and what they want to do, right? I, I don't know that they will. Spending money on linebackers is not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> the young team right. that needs a lot. I'm just curious. I just am. You know, it's like – with with there is some names out there in free agency that could uh, there's some good names out there so um, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just it's just one thing I'm keeping an eye on like them in Chicago have this money in this hole like do they even spend anything or do they just roll with what they have you know yeah linebacker and safety you can sort of get cheap in the NFL and IDP yes <clears throat> yeah yeah it's, absolutely. And corner, of course. One corner I loved in um, 
in the draft process last year was uh Kobe Durant and he's got a shot to take over next year I think you know if uh people are interested in corners I dig it because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, um, they might be move- they might be moving on from uh you know who <laughs> M- mouthy <laughs> Jalen Ramsey yeah Um, one question we got is from most of y'all may recognize him, Justice Two Three One Eight, who helps me and Choppy on the uh, the Dig Podcast. He wants to know who is this year's Lumbumbashi, quote unquote Frankie Luvo. So he tried to ask this question on Fancy and Frames and put in Frankie Luvo, and it auto corrected to Lumbumbashi. So. Um, Maybe it could be this year's Frankie Luva. Well, I'll tell you what, I never really seen Luva coming last year to the extent yeah. that he, you know, I didn't either. I, got, I didn't either. I got to give a shout out to Perma on that one. And, and that all goes down to, uh, you no know, way. Where, no way. Where, where uh, he, what position he is uh, designated for in your league. You know what I mean? That's how, mm-hmm. that's, Very that's true. the cheat Very code true. that, that Perma got lucky with last year, but I mean, on the same token, great job by him. I mean, that kid could run my waiver wire any day of the week. You know what I mean? He's all over that stuff. So uh, some people have more time than others. Some people are more dedicated than others with that. And uh, I mean, that was a great call. And uh, I was making fun of Lulu before the season, you know? Uh, So I didn't really see that coming. Same here. Same here. I was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anybody that really – too many people that saw Frankie Luvu coming like that. Like, he was all year, just right from the jump, just uh, lights out, man. Yeah, I don't – like I said, I don't know of anybody other than what dude said, Perma. Um, I don't know of anybody that was on him like that. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of – I don't want to say a freak happening, but it kind of was, right? It just kind of – Freakishly come out of nowhere, perfect storm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think so of anybody that clue. like qualifies um, really, right? Like I don't remember right. exactly where Luvu was uh, the year before, and you know I'll have to think about that one and maybe uh, give you an answer later on. But um, somebody that just kind of popped up. Uh, well, he's kind of a, he was kind of a special teams guy before this year, right? In a way. I mean, he played us. He played a pretty decent role as a solid everyday player, but he played a lot of special. Things kind of come out of nowhere, just kind of morphed, right? Um, I don't think you see too many players like that. It's very rare. Um, so I got a question from Reddit. Uh, user Keldon83, he wants to know what is a top three defender at each position, defensive linebacker or defensive lineman, linebacker, defensive back worth in draft picks? You know, like offense and defense combined. I'm guessing the example he's setting here is I think so. He didn't say. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing is his question is a player like Will Anderson, right? 
the yeah. consensus Jalen Carter, right? What is a player like that worth in draft picks uh, in a draft? Uh, I, I value IDP more than anybody I've ever played with, really. Like, um, I, I can remember uh, sandbagging people on uh, on Nick Bosa, actually. I was going to talk about this earlier in one league, and I went out and acquired, a, like, a 1.09, I believe it was. And uh, I was basically saying, you know, when people were saying, what do you guys think of him during the draft process and stuff? I was kind of saying, well, he ain't no Joey Bosa and he's never going to be as good as his brother. <laughs> and so I traded Joey Bosa and I might have even traded Joey Bosa for that 1.09. And then when that 1.09 came up, I smashed Nick Bosa, right? And, then, and one guy was like, ah, I knew it, you know, laughing and, uh, in the chat. And uh, so I'm not afraid to uh, – to, uh, I value IDP very, very highly. Like, and I feel that it really separates me in your normal uh, offense, defense combined leagues. Like, I, I put a great emphasis on. I want my IDPs to smash your IDPs, and I think that you know what I mean. I really feel like I can, like wide receivers, for instance. Like, it hurts me in some leagues, like uh, where I go too far with it. But like, I'll always wait. You know what I mean? In a startup, I'll wait on my wide receivers because there's so many of them. And, uh, like, at defensive end, I, I want a superstar. You know, uh, defensive tackle, I want a superstar. Even linebacker, you know what I mean? I want at least right. one super – I want at least one – well, pretty well every position, I think, like this. But for IDP specifically, you know what I mean? I'm going to outbid you on on guys. Like, if we're if we're in a, 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 in a bidding process to, to get guys, I, I'm going to outbid you for, for these top-scoring IDP guys. Cause I place a lot of value on it or I'm going to draft him before you draft him. Like I, you know what I'm, while you guys are looking at, you know, not, not, not too many people are taking, you know, defensive players in the first round of, of their draft. It's just not their philosophy or they feel like when you first start building a team uh, and you go through the, um, the initial draft process, like the startup draft, uh, they, they tend to go with offense and, ignore defense because they feel like it's more easily acquired down the line and you know what i mean i i i don't uh i have respect for these owners and i listen to what they say but for me personally i've always had success uh placing a great value on a greater idp value than the next man on my in my combined leagues and i'm not afraid to so if you're asking me what a top three d tackle a top three d end is worth you know what I mean? Like he's worth at least a second rounder, like bare minimum. And, you know, for me, even sometimes I'll, I'll, I would say that the top right. elite talents are worth uh, even a first rounder, late first rounder, even a mid to late first rounder. You're not going to get a mid really for too many, but like I just look at draft picks as lottery tickets. You know what I mean? They're 50, 50 at best. And uh, exactly. I'm always, yeah, but like linebacker and DB, I kind of devalue a little bit depending on the league, but with true position, linebacker, middle linebacker, inside linebacker, there's a premium placed on on them. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm always I always want studs at all those positions. Like, you look at every one of my teams, you're never gonna see uh, like a like you're gonna see a ragtag bunch of guys kind of surrounding your, my studs, but you're always gonna see some IDP studs. Yeah, you gotta have those anchors, right? 
whether it's your LB1s, Roquan, and then you got fill-ins off, you know, veterans fill-ins off the wire around them, right? But it's always good to have an anchor to to hold your unit down. I'm with you on – I I pick my spots with how I value offense IDP. I like to put a board together and how I see they fall. But elite pass rushers, I'll I'll take them in the end of the first. I took Chase Young the end of the first in his draft. It's not looking great right now, but I still believe in his talent. And if he can get healthy enough, I think he can turn it around. But I was willing to do that with him because I, once I saw what I thought was the drop off to where I can get what I thought was an you know eight, maybe possibly an elite defender or just a wide receiver three, you know it's like I'm gonna go after the the defensive end. I think as a chance, right and. What whatever draft class I might be, it might have been Thibodeau for you, dudes, last year. What you know, however, whatever, however that falls in your board, but that's why it's always good to put it together. How you think, you know your league and know how your draft's gonna go. That way, you can kind of get your board ready, where you have to stick and move. But um, pass rushers all day, I will, uh, I'll, I'll jump at them because they're elite ones are hard to find. They really are. Um, the guys that just straight up win you the position battle every week, right? If you had Nick Bosa this year. You know you're you're killing it, and um, and if you're playing true position, you know, and, and you think Jalen Carter could be the next big thing at defensive tackle, um, yeah. you know, you, in a true position league, he might be a guy you want to, you know, take a little higher maybe than some others would because you can win that, you can win that spot every week. That there's a that's a position you can you can find an advantage in the defensive tackle and true position if you score it right, like Dude does in DWC and couple of leagues I'm in that are DT premium. You know, I like having big fellas that make it happen. You know, Chris Jones this year was was good for me. Um, if you have Quinn and Williams going forward, you got like a 24-year-old. He's probably the DT1 in Dynasty now. You're pretty freaking happy every week. You're going <laughs> to win that. You know, if you had Aaron Donald for his stretch, you're just winning that position every week. Bro. It's a posi- You yep. can. It's one of the few spots you can exploit a advantage every week. And if you can find that just go. and you think you can get that in a rookie, good. just, you know. Make the move. Don't just take a depth offensive player. Take the shot on yeah. the elite defender. So yeah, I agree with that, and I, and I agree with the tackle too. But so again, we got a few more questions. We're going to kind of roll through here. Well, I just want to say one thing. Oh, I just sorry, think go it's ahead. real important. I want to reiterate: know your scoring system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, check out the yeah, league's high, absolutely high scorers. Where are you going to get an advantage? Where does it drop off? You know what I mean? Like, we did our startup draft for NWO last year, and like I like you just said with the D tackles, man. I took Jonathan Allen and Chris Jones. Oh, you know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't pay Aaron Donald money. I probably paid half as much as I paid as the, that guy paid for Aaron Donald and uh, Jeffrey Simmons is is conversation too. Oh, for sure. But yeah, somebody absolutely. probably paid more, right? Like I could go through. It's all about value. Right. You know yep. what I mean? And when you look yep. at what Chris Jones, Chris Jones put up like 400 points in that league. Where am I getting 400 points for, uh, from on offense? You know what right. I mean? Like, uh, yeah. even guys that guys would love to have, you know what I mean? Like, uh, DK, uh, Metcalf, he's, he's only putting up 350. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, guys that, you know, you'd have to pay whatever in this league, you know, we had a salary cap of the same as the NFL and, you know, DK Metcalf, Metcalf costs 11.5 mil, but uh, Jonathan Allen and, and Chris Jones cost uh, 5 mil and 4 mil, and they're outscoring them. So right. know your scoring system. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like that, that's, that's, that's huge. And 
So D end doesn't score as high in that league. So what did I do? I, you know what I mean? The most I spent was like, uh, the most I spent on a DN in that league was uh, Von Bell, right? Or sorry, Von Miller uh, for 1.5 mil. You know what I mean? And uh, and I got a bunch of $500,000 players all around. Baron Browning, Leonard Floyd, Marcus Gold, Randy Gregory, uh, Romeo Aquara, you know, uh, JPP. Uh, just trying to f- just get one other guy, you know what I mean, to start next to Von Miller. But the end doesn't score as high. So, you know what I mean? I'm not going to break the bank there. So knowing your scoring system, you know what I mean, is, is key to everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Um, Twitter user Goose1463 says, thoughts on Noah Sewell? I'm an Oregon fan and rookie production. Um I think with the thing with Sewell is kind of limited, right? Especially in coverage, right? Um, You're going to have to find it. He's going to have to find a situation where he's a downhill linebacker, two down thumper. Um, If, if he can land in the right spot where he can play all three downs, that's ideal, right? Um, I think coverage is going to be a big thing, and it's his size, right? Because he's a he's a big linebacker, almost Zayvon Collins size. So he's not your type guy. He's more, with his size. He's looking to be more of an outside guy, and I don't know that the pass rush skills are there with him. Um, just kind of my early thoughts on him. Um, I don't know where he fits. And I think for that, he slides a little bit in the draft. Dude, you got... I'm not a big Noah Sewell guy. Um, yeah, me either. Don't hate him, but I definitely don't love him. And I got questions. In college, about wasn't like him, but I think sure. he's taking a big hit. Even in college, I didn't really love him. Yeah. But, I mean, I haven't really looked at him extensively. I'm just going off memory on the games that I watched. And I can specifically remember saying that, you know, uh, Noah Sewell sucks at one point in a text message somewhere. (laughs) So, you know, but I would, I don't want to, uh, you know, be all in on that judgment until I actually break down the film. But really, uh, no, I'm not. If I'm going to say if I'm on one side of the fence or the other, I'm not a Noah Sewell guy at the moment. Yeah. Well, he's he's not up there with with Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson and Jack Campbell. I don't think he's anywhere on their level. I think those are the top three, and I think he's way below them. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Sewell, his, his tape is kind of underwhelming. I thought thought there's some flashes because he's you know six three two fifty. He's a big guy that can he gets downhill when he sees it right. He can get downhill and hit with power. He's big and strong with powerful hands. He can stack and shed at times. You see the flashes, but like he, you know, he excels right. in the box at times, but I don't know what kind of range he's got. He could get exposed in coverage. He misses tackles. Right. Uh, I thought he was inconsistent with his reads. Um, on the edge, he, yep. he showed a he showed a pretty nice spin move at times. He's he's athletic for a big a dude his size, but just a lot of ups and downs. I think he's game. a day three guy. He's probably yeah. what fifth, sixth, even seventh. 
We'll see. He's got some testing to I, do and see, I think where, see where that higher than the fifth. Probably yeah. not going to help him that right. much. True. Yeah. I, that's it's... that's good stuff, though, no. Kyle. Nice, nice um, breakdown. And both of you guys, uh, yep. I agree with uh, what you both said. Uh, Twitter, back to Twitter, user Cowboys underscore Lakers. He wants to know how concerned are we with Micah Parsons' slow finish and with the rumors of Parsons playing more linebacker next year, will that more points? Honestly, I'm not concerned with freaking Parsons with any fucking thing he does. He's a fucking dog. You could you could tell me he's going to be a defensive tackle, and I'm all in because he because I know he's going to go get it right. Um, fantasy wise, I know that's not what you wanted to hear, but defensive end linebacker, we've seen it since he's been in the league. There's not been much of a difference, right? I mean, he's he's just an elite player. Um, yeah, I'm not too concerned. I, I just really, I'm really not. Um, if you're playing him at defensive end, he's going to get you the sacks. If you if if they drop him back to linebacker, the tackle numbers and, and stuff's there. So for me, there's there's not a lot of change from what we're seeing right now. I guess I guess for me is what position does your league allow you to play him? Right? Do they play him at defensive end? Do they let because if you can only play him at linebacker, I kind of think that limits him. But if you can play him at defensive end and he's playing linebacker, then hello, you know, it's a no-brainer. Dude, you wanna you want me to well, I'll just say this. Anytime you got a guy looked at the way he's looked at, and you got to start thinking about maximizing your return mm-hmm. no matter what, right? Like, people would play, pay a boatload for them. If you feel like you can convert, you know, something close to the same production, right? It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but – and still get, like, a bunch of draft capital or whatever you can get. You, you kind of got to think – it was kind of like what you did with the – What's his face there, uh, Chase Young? You know what I mean? Like you sold high on him. You you right. you saw something that you didn't, you know. But it's not quite the same because we don't have the same kind of concerns. Like you could say, or in retrospect, I said it at the time. I know you guys will probably remember this that I think Chase Young is kind of soft. But now, mm-hmm. when I look at it, it's like okay, he might be a good buy low, right? Like it all yeah. depends on. Yeah. You know, so sell high, buy low, right? And Mike Parsons, you know, maybe you do sell high, right? Like, I'm not saying that he's going to fall off a cliff, but with that little bit of ambiguity there or, or what have you, uh, and depending on what the return is, like, if somebody is willing to pay an astronomical price for him, I mean, I, mean, I have confidence in myself that I would, you know what I mean? I, I, I could trade a guy like that and find a way to uh, to make it up somewhere, right? Like, like what our our deal with uh, Afongo, uh, you, you know, uh, last year Hollywood. The way I looked yep. at it, like nobody loves Afongo like me, man. You know what I mean? I, I don't think anybody else was spending uh, 
as high a draft pick on him as, as, as I did in, in DWC, you know what I mean? I probably took him probably a round or two before I should have, but I love the kid ever since, you know what I mean? I, I watched the tape. And um, so when I looked at it, though, I was like, can I get close to the same production out of Julian Love, right? That somebody might not see that coming. But when I looked at, you know, the Giants roster and their contract status and all that, I was like, maybe I can get lucky. And I did. And I got, you know what I mean? I got more out of Julian Love than Fonga scored. And I got the draft pick. You know what I mean? I got the first round or two. So if there's something like that, and I threw in John Franklin Myers to you because, you know what I mean? I felt like I had a lefty end and I didn't really see him as somebody that was going to, you know, be elite. And I was obviously right in the end. But um, that's kind of what I'm looking at with, with Micah Parsons, even though I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying he's not a good player or that he's going to fall off the cliff. It's just all about value and timing. Absolutely. I think you nailed it, man. Right. And I completely agree with you nailed on it. the Chase Young assessment um, because, I mean, Kyle's heard me talk about this a few times. Um, before the injury stuff kind of set in, right, the year before, I had a bunch of Chase Young and traded him in two leagues and got first-round picks back for him. And then the injuries never set him last. I mean, if you see, I don't think Parsons is that same same deal. I think Parsons is legit. I think he's a real deal superstar. Not that not that Young isn't, but I think Parsons is more with his versatility and need for the team. Dallas, that is. I think he's more valuable. So, uh, but hey, if you think this is the high point for him, then by all means, I'm I'm in on you selling him um, because you're probably going to get a pretty good piece for him, um, a pretty good haul, right? Um, probably going to get more that can help your team than you expected. Um, for me, I, I, I'm all in. I'm all in on Parsons. I'm keeping, you know, at least well, look, at, to, look at people. Unless that something changes. That, uh, so I'm not scared because we see. Look at people that sold Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard last year though. You yeah. But I, mean? I think this is different. I, I think, I think Parsons is so different. Yeah, he's, he's the versatility. He's, Leonard Leonard don't have this versatility to play defensive end and linebacker. You don't see well, yeah, that but, every day. But depending on your scoring, it can make a big difference. You know what I mean? And True. there's some ambiguity there. But another thing I like to or I talk about it with these young guys sometimes is like they want to stay healthy to get to that second contract. Mm-hmm. They need to get to that second contract. And that starts creeping into their have minds. To, a bit. Have to get yeah. to that second one, that yep. big payday. Deron Payne trying to get to that second payday, right? Did Micah already get paid? Am I wrong about that? No way. Nope. Uh, he's still playing no, on that no, rookie no. deal. Yeah, he's still on a rookie deal. Like he's gonna want to get paid here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I just want to. I just want to add that. Um, speaking about pay too with him, 
is, you know, there's rumors of him playing linebacker. I'll believe that when I see it because he basically transitioned to a full-time edge last year. was like 81% of the snap <laughs> from the D-line. And he's an elite pass rusher, so why the hell would they want to take that off their defense? So I'll believe that when I see it. I don't know what kind of rumors Dallas is floating out there, but I, I don't buy it right now. <clears throat> so I think – so he's going to want to get paid as a pass rusher. <laughs> His, uh, what dude you saying? <laughs> Yeah, and I mean he's a game wrecker, and yeah, yes. Like I, I'm, um, not, I'm not saying that he's not uh, like he is pretty well bust proof. You know what I mean? Like uh, he was a slam dunk, uh, best IDP in our draft two years ago. Everybody knew it. Uh, you know, we all love him. We all loved him from the get go. We loved him from college. We love him now. We all love him. That's not up for debate. You know, we all think he's a great player, but you know, things happen and. Uh, he might be at peak value. You just never know. Yeah. And if you feel like you can, yeah. you know, get um, some sort of similar production, which is almost impossible, but like with multiple pieces, right? If you if you have a team that is like pop heavy on talent and you've got like Micah Parsons and a bunch of scraps that you're trying to cobble together or whatever, maybe it might be in your best interest to go get yourself a, a top linebacker, a top safety and a, you know, somebody who can just uh, somewhat try to fill the void at the end or, you know what I mean? Like if it makes you more well-rounded and you get draft capital, like it all depends on the situation and the scoring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Absolutely. One more uh, listener question. I know we're running a little long here, but I got to get these questions in to help our listeners. Um, so uh, back to Reddit you rolling 20s and he's got three questions here so i'm going to read off all three of them and we can kind of touch on them uh, he wants to know will Alan petrie finish as a top 12 db next year will luke masterson is luke masterson going to start in vegas and he wants to know our thoughts on Aziz Ojolari, Robert Splain, Devin Lloyd, and Brandon Jones. Um, for me, I think Petrie, I think he's very close to being in the top 12 again. I had to bet, I would say yes. Uh, I think it's going to take Houston. I think it's honestly, it's going to take Houston another year, maybe two, right? With a new head coach to get whatever they want to do. So I think Petrie's, I think he's in that 10 to 15 range. I know that's kind of a bullshit answer on the fence, but I think that's kind of where he's right, 10 to 15, right? So I think, yes, he can. Will he? I don't know. But if he doesn't, I think he's just outside of it. Luke Bastion, going to he's the hype, right? I mean, we saw it last year. He's the hype with everything that's going on. I think he has a good chance to start in Vegas, but I think it does. A, I think it depends on a lot of what they do in free agency and the draft and stuff like that. I wouldn't push all my chips in on that, um, but I think there is a definite possibility there. And then Ojalari Spillane and Jones, Robert Spillane. I'm not crazy about Devin Lloyd has kind of flopped. You're talking about the same team in Pittsburgh. Um, 
I just I'm just not confident on either one of them right now. I know I was a huge Devin Lloyd or a Devin um, Devin Lloyd fan coming out, um, but it's it's kind of a mess there. Aziza Ojolari, I kind of like him. Uh, still got some upside. Brandon Jones, I love him down Miami. I think I'm looking at Ojolari and Jones, Spillane and Lloyd. Unless you're in super deep leagues. Fuck, I'm really not touching either one of them, right? I mean, I think you can kind of find better options overall. Um, maybe even go younger and say, fuck it, and go in the draft and pick up some players. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on on some of those questions? And I can read them back if you need to. Um, okay. Petrie finished as a top 12 DB next year. Very good chance. Um if he gets that kind of snap bomb, he did play quite a bit um, in a deep safety alignment. Um, but, you know, the Houston defense was bleeding tackles. Debico Ryan's is coming in. Things will change. Petrie should be on the field quite a bit. He's got a good chance as anybody to finish top 12 again. Um, he missed a ton of tackles as a rookie, too. So if he cleans that up, he's, if there is regression, there's. So not to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. You, you like to do that. Really concern you because that he he was so fucking good, right? Fantasy option, but the missed tackles it, does that really concern you? Because I think the volume for him is there. The volume is so much greater than the missed tackles, right? I mean, you want to see him clean that up, actually, but I think he's yeah. still ten. 15 range even with the missed tackle shit, right? Well, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, Easily. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, he plays no. for the Texans. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. all that needed That's all that needed to happen last year is that right. he landed yeah. on exactly. the Texans. And as soon as that yeah. happened, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's he's going to be top 12 DB, man. Like, he might be a top 12 IDP. Like, uh, he's yeah, he's yeah. maybe the – Well, I mean, his, his missed tackle the, rate, if you look uh, at it, was I understand freaking that, insane. But the but opportunities Christ, are ridiculous. I mean, the volume is yeah. there. The opportunities are ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. it's off the charts. You can't really get any better of a situation. Of course yeah. he's going to be yeah. in the top 12. Yeah, I thought you were talking top 12 yeah. IDP. Uh, top 12 DB is a lock. Right. Yeah. And I mean, as far he, as the DB, top, he, DB, he was the yeah. top. He was the top top DB in our scoring system. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yes. the only guy that outscored Jalen Petrie last year uh, in a points-per-game basis is Derwin James. Right. So, yep. you know what I mean? Even if there is a little regression, even if they do clean some things up with D'Amico Ryans or whatever, like he still plays for the Houston fucking Texans. And you're going to play you know a bowl I mean? of snaps. You, yeah, yeah, like that's the guy you're looking snaps. for. Yep. Like you're, you're looking for guys like that. That was a – that's a, easily the steal of any rookie draft last year at a, any IDP, period. Yep. Yep. As far as the missed tackles, Hollywood, um, the only – Way I'd really be, con- I mean, it's a little concerning because you can't just miss thirty tackles a year. You'll lose your job eventually, I'm sure. But the only, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? That's that's the worry. That's that's. But right. right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, for this year though. No, yeah, that's the concern. If it happens again, locked if, in, right? I mean, anybody. Well, yeah, I'm saying if he does it again, then yeah, I'm concerned more. Am I a little concerned now? Sure, I don't want to see it happen again. If he misses thirty-five more tackles, that's a problem. So. That's the only right. way I'm concerned. But as Dude said, he's going to be on the field a ton. 
Texans defense is going to bleed tackles to him. He's going to ball. He'll be fine. Luke Masterson in Vegas. Um, it, it, Divine Diablo is the guy I want there who could be the next guy. Luke Masterson has a shot. Perryman's going to be a free agent. Um, Jan Brown sucks, and he's going to be a free agent. Um, he's got a chance to, to earn a role if they like him. Um, depending on what they do in free agency in the draft. Yeah, Divine Devalable is the guy you want there if you wanted any one for sure. Um, the other players, Aziz Ojolari, I like. I think him and Thibodeau are a nice duo. I like Ojolari coming out of Georgia. He's a good finesse rusher, and he shows he can get it done in the NFL when he's healthy. I Swain, think be a great one, too. Over the Giants, don't you? Absolutely. Good young duo. Um Robert Splane filled in for the Steelers at the end of the year. He was their guy in free agency. He's going to have to land in a fruitful job with nobody in front of him to probably be relevant. Um, not somebody – if you want a price of a mouse, click him, see what happens. Sure, but I'm not going to spend anything on him. Devin Lloyd, I like Devin Lloyd coming out of Utah. Things didn't go as I hoped. The one bright thing, bright spot, I guess, if anything, at the end of the year was he was out snapping Wuma at the end of the year. But the offseason, that could change in a heartbeat just like anything. So – Arrow down, but I still have a little hope for him because I like the guy coming out of Utah a little bit. I liked him a lot more than I do now, I guess. But, yeah, I, I think there's still hope with Devin Lloyd, but he's going to have to prove something. Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones was a good box safety for Miami when healthy. I don't spend a ton of capital or resources on safety. If Brandon Jones is floating around and available, pick him up, see what happens. When he plays, he plays more of a box role. He's productive. So I, I always uh, – I always like Brandon Jones when he's Devin Lloyd is right. a top five IDP player last year uh, coming out of the draft, so no way I'm selling on him right now. We saw it right out the gate, right, right out the gate last year. He he was on fire. Uh, don't know exactly what happened that he fell out of grace or whatever. So I'm not ready to, to give up on him yet, but um, definitely keeping Lloyd. I think Lloyd and and Jones are the two guys. Jones, especially down there, and nobody can speak huge. Um, I think uh, Jones is just a, a legit option for not only NFL-wise, but fantasy-wise, right? Um, so many opportunities down there in Miami. Dude, you need the questions repeated so you can run them down, or you got them? Oh, no, I got them all. Yeah. I think you guys nailed uh, it. Um I don't have much to add. Uh, yeah, I just, not, nothing really excites me. Uh, I mean, the Raiders could look to address linebacker in the draft as well. So that's a little iffy, but that's definitely yeah. the linebacker spot for the Raiders is definitely something I'm highly interested in. So, you know, depending on the price point, you know, why not with Luke Masterson? Um, yeah. he's, he's got just as good a shot as anybody currently on the roster. That's for sure. And, you know, I own divine Diablo pretty well everywhere. So nobody has to sell me on him, but you know, he didn't you, stay you, you were high on him before it was cool. Yeah. I got him in, <laughs> right? I got him in the sixth round a couple of years ago yes. uh, in, in yeah. our IDP only draft. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that. wasn't a huge Ujulari guy. Uh, but you know, I'm not. I don't think he's ever going to be great. You know what I mean? I don't think he's ever going to get those gaudy stats that we uh, covet, but also, 
you know, I don't don't hate it as a play. It's just not one of those guys that I planted my flag on. It's Blaine I couldn't care less about. Uh, Devin Lloyd, I've always been lower on him than than most people, but like again, just the way things with the ebbs and flows. Easy, and dude. Easy. Well, I'll tell you exactly what I, th- I thought of the kid, man. Uh, he's a, He was more of a safe pick with a, a higher floor and a lower ceiling, even though I know a lot of folks love Lloyd. I'm not one of them. I don't hate him, and he's a high-character kid with NFL size, but there's nothing special in my opinion. In fact, I don't see a smart, in- instinctual sideline-to-sideline freak. I see a guy who plays on the line of scrimmage more often than not with no clear plan or pass rush moves to speak of. USC O-line handled him pretty good last year and put his dick in the dirt a few times. This was the year before, mind you. This yeah. was my draft right up. Yeah. He's going to have an even rougher transition to the NFL with that 4-6-6 and can easily be beaten one-on-one in space. Is he even a three-down linebacker at the next level? Time will tell. Will he be an IDP asset? Sure. Is he Devin White or any semblance of him? Fuck no. No. He'll be lucky to play losing angles and drag guys down who beat him to the edge and pick up With first down. With the downs. scenario down there in Jacksonville, he's he's got some relevance, right? Yeah, right now actually, you know, he might even be a buy for me as much as I, you know, yeah. even given what I said, right? Somebody might, right. you know, might want to cut. And that's kind of where I was going with that. But sometimes in IDP, like there's a difference between it's it's the old Shakespeare theme, appearance, reality, right? Like you were saying, he got off to such a hot start. Well, yeah, he got off to a hot IDP start, and, you know, he made a couple splash highlight plays, but obviously he wasn't grading out that well, and that's why he lost his job, right? So, you know, sometimes in IDP, though, that's all you you need. Like some people mistakenly think that, like, Blake Martinez and Joe Schobert are great players because of the the IDP stuff, but uh, really, you know, they just push a guy out of bounds after getting smoked athletically. And uh, they produce these gaudy tackle stats primarily because of the way tackles are, are credited. And, uh, you know, the first person to touch a guy, not the guy that actually tackles them to the ground. Or, you know, like I said, they're, they're losing ground, letting guys pick up first downs and, you know, dragging them down from behind and, you know, getting these stats. And uh, so for me, I don't think that Devin Lloyd is ever going to live up to the hype of his draft capital long-term in the NFL or in IDP unless he goes to, you know, okay. a, a different spot where, you know what I mean? Like it's impossible so, not to pile IDP stats, but also I kind of like him a little more than what I saw at Amuma this year. You know what I mean? Uh, I did not like what I saw at Amuma, even though I was much higher on Amuma coming out of the draft and he just looks small to me. He doesn't, uh, he did not look good to me. So, you know, it's a coin flip there. And I really, uh, if I'm going to give anybody the edge now, I might even give it to Lloyd. He as low as I was on him coming out of the draft, right? So, again, so, it's so sort of let me situation. read this off to you. So, 115, three interceptions, eight pass deflections, two fumble recoveries. Two uh, uh, was what Devin Lloyd had for his rookie year. The eight pass deflections was huge because I think he had six in the first two or three games. He had two games with three or more. So, I mean, if you're looking at Muma, 47 tackles, one and a half sacks, 
three details. I know he kind of didn't come up later, but I think the playmaking ability of Lloyd is greater than Mooma. I think Mooma is more of a – I think it all comes down to Mooma is more capital. of a safe floor. Well, it, I don't, I don't know. Came, I, I'm going to disagree with you because well, I think Mooma is more of a safe player, high floor player. But Lloyd is going to give you those impact plays. He's going to be that – you're a gambler – you're gonna get. You're gonna hit Lloyd. They took Lloyd in the first round. They're gonna give him more run. They took Muma in the third. I know and they. That's are. what it boils down to on those stat lines, in my opinion. But that being said, from what I saw, you know, and I'm a big Muma guy. Like I said, I did not like what I saw. And you know, if I'm giving the edge to anybody going into next year, I'm giving it to Lloyd. I'm flip flopping on it, which I hate to do. You know, but. You know, really, I'm not thrilled about the situation, period. Just like I wasn't thrilled, you know, on draft day when, you know, Muma, when they doubled up on a linebacker. And I mm -hmm. think I think they thought, well, you know, if, if we miss, and I don't mind this strategy, you know, from an NFL team's perspective as an NFL GM, I think it's smart to double up on certain positions. But, you know, from an IDP perspective, obviously I hated it, having had drafted Muma before. But, like – you know, I think they wanted one of them to take the reins. Neither one of them really impressed. And, you know, they, well, that's why they, they flip-flop so much. And I can see that, you know, maybe occurring again next year. You're saying you wanted one of them to take the reins? You're saying you wanted one of them to take the reins? They don't need either one of them to do it. They don't need that. They've got Fuisab Olicon. 184 tackles this past season. 184. That's over 10 plus a game. Oh, yeah. We talked about it earlier. We we're all they in agreement. They don't need to be that league dog. Olukun he was, a, he, was right. a life, he was a lifesaver for them. They were screwed without him. And he's got a big contract, so he's not going anywhere. So right. I think it's Olukun. Lloyd and Muma. I think that I think that's their three guys back there, and I think they're okay with that. Of course, it is. Fantasy purposes, I think if I'm, you know, obviously Olakun's the guy you want fantasy wise. But if I'm a gambler, <laughs> and with we talked about about this at the beginning of the show, right? I mean, I'm take the reins as grades, the right second linebacker. I'm not grades. saying take, I'm, I'm not saying and take I love the reins, but I'm going to take David Lloyd because I had him as a five. Yeah, go ahead. I just meant take the reins as the linebacker too, as the second linebacker in their system. I didn't mean he was going to, you know. And I think know, that's Lloyd for me. I think that's, well, that's easily fine. Lloyd. I'm saying it might be it might be him for me too, but I'm saying I just don't like the situation really at all. You so, know what I mean? I, I feel like I get it. Like they went, they they gave Lloyd the the early run because he's the first round draft pick. And Muma, you know, they wanted him to succeed there, like. Obviously, Lloyd wasn't doing what they wanted, you know, in their internal grading system. And they're like, all right, let's give Muma a shot. You know, yep. he outsnapped him and, uh, you know, he started coming around in week 10. It was 60-40 for Lloyd in week 10. Then they had a bye week. Then you go 100% for Muma in week 12 to 38% for Lloyd. 76 to 29 for Muma over Lloyd. Then they go back to, the, then Muma got hurt. That's the other thing that, you know, we're, we're not clear on. Maybe Muma just 
takes that and runs with it, but he got hurt and he tried to play through an injury. We don't really know, right? Maybe that's why things started, his uh, snap count started going down. But, you know, it was yeah. still it was still 60-40. It was still 51-41. You know what I mean? Like, it's still iffy there. It, it could be either one of them. No, I agree. I, I, I think this year is going to tell us A lot, right? You're you're on the Muma train. I'm kind of on the Lloyd train, um, and I think heading into this year, it's going to tell us a lot. Um, Kyle's awful quiet over there. I'm just listening, man. The great He's probably getting tired. What time is it? What are we? Yeah, we've we went, yeah, we've went, uh, but that's of this. I mean, we had a lot of listener questions, right? So, um, I'm some hoping we're helping these too. guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some great questions. Excellent. Um, Excellent questions. This is, you know, I would rather do a whole show on just listener questions than the news and notes and all of our other bullshit. Uh, cause this is what I enjoy this. I, I, cause I think this is where, uh, it helps everybody. Right. So, um, that kind of summed it up. Um, what, if you're an IDP and you, you want to test your talents, you're interested. Dude has a league, me, me and Kyle's in it, trips in it, chops in it, docs in it. Um, so many good people's in this, and it's it's not just big name stars. So don't get scared off by the big names, right? There there's some other guys that are in this, and they can hold their own just as well. Um, so if you're interested in an IDP only league, no offense drafts before. I know your stuff, right? Hit me and call up. Uh, we can get you in contact with Dooge. And, and uh, he'll let you know whatever what all it takes to get uh, set up with this league. But it's a great league. Let us know. Um, we've also got a listener league opening. You know, if, if the IDP only league is not your uh, not your bag, right? We got a IDP listener league opening that we can put you in and help you out with. Started there, um, man. This is a this has been a long show, but it feels like it's only been like just a few minutes. Yeah, I could talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> yeah, I could too. I, I could, Especially with Kyle. Kyle has he's, to tell me to he's, he's yeah. knowledgeable. Oh, re- really, really, <laughs> this two and a half hours in, and this is where you're gonna go, you asshole. <laughs> I'm just joking. You know I love you, Holly. You're, and you're I really appreciate you guys uh, marketing that opening spot, uh, that open spot in DWC. And uh, might have to do an online interview. No, it's it's such might an intriguing have, might, have, might, have to, might have to show your face, you know, make yeah. sure we're not, uh, you know, you better not see a, a, an email that uh, resembles anything like the guys that we already have in the league. Uh, you know, we got to we vet these things pretty thoroughly in uh, defense wins championships. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a great league. This is year, oh, help me, year three or year two? I'd have to come on to IDP Nation yourself. Yeah. Do, a, do yeah. an online interview. Yeah. I like that. Vetting process. Come on a shit show. 
We'll figure it out real quick. <laughs> You'll really find out if you want to be in the league. <laughs> Can he take the heat? Yep. Yeah. He or she. I mean, I was yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wonder, I wonder if there would be, you know, a first female uh, oh, involved. I would love a that. female. Absolutely. A ball buster. Absolutely. A ball buster. That's what I'm talking about. Like we don't discriminate. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, if you love IDP, this is definitely a league that you're going to want to join. Um, I don't join too many leagues new unless they're unique, and this league is truly unique. IDP only, draft before the NFL draft. Um, like I said, hit me and Kyle up. We can get you in touch with Dooge, and uh, we can get this going. Got a listener league opening as well. Thank you. Once again, let's hit, let's hit our sponsors at Action 24-7, at MFL, at Trophy Smack. Um, man, this is my time of year. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of say fuck the season, right? You know, you're kind of doing whatever, but it's like when the Super Bowl ends, well, actually before the Super Bowl ends, it's like when the playoff starts, I'm already freaking. I'm uh, already digging into the draft stuff, draft boards, uh, all kinds of stuff. Off seasons is where the championships are won, in my opinion. Leading into so, the yeah. leading into so, the season. Yeah. I mean, off, and, and there's season. nothing wrong. Don't don't take this the wrong way. Some people. They play the season and they need that break, right? They need that disconnect. I'll see you in August. I get it. I, I take a little okay. break. I take a and then I definitely take a month or two just to decompress. And then and that's immediately okay, I start, but, but immediately I think they start thinking about all the things we talked about today. What is the opportunity? <laughs> right? But I think those those degenerates like me that just says, you know, I'm kind of like, Ugh, I'm glad the season's over. And I'm I sit here and thinking, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm all in. I'm I'm already digging in college stuff and, and mock drafts. I, I can't get enough of it. I, I can't if I was an NFL coach. I'd I think you might be an addict. Cut it off, right? I think you I might have a no... problem, brother. Yeah. I think you need a 12-step Well, the step first step is admission, right? Yeah. I admit, Kyle's a douchebag. There you go. Yeah, babe. Whatever you got to do, man. <laughs> that's just hurtful. Yeah, to end just... the show like that. That's. I'm just here to, you know. The guy that brought the most knowledge and facts. Perfect. The guy that was the most prepared. <laughs> I'm good. The guy with the most common sense. And this is the what, way you treat him. Oh. I don't know about all that. But. Well, you know, I've already had to fire him tonight, so everybody's used to that shit. So. It is Kyle, what it Kyle is. comes correct, if you ask me. Hey, thanks, buddy. Kyle's a good guy. He put the show sheet together tonight. Did all the good stuff. Uh, we had another uh, special guest that couldn't quite make it. Any guy that goes 12 and 2 in DWC. He had something a little more. Sorry, you're cut oh off God. there. Here man. we go. Hey, Here we go. All went 12 and 2 this year, man, in DWC. 
Like anybody that can do that gets my respect. Freak out. Thanks, buddy. I sputtered in the playoffs, but I lost to a good. Yeah, I lost to a good team. What are you gonna do? It was you. I lost to you. Yep. I was. I was gonna. Quit oh, you. shots yep. fired! Shots yep. fired! Yeah. Where she go? <laughs> um. Good. This was a, a blast, fellas. Douche, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for hanging out for this IDP-a-thon that we're on here. And um, you, you brought the yeah. heat, brother. Yeah, um, IDP-thon, yes. Um, you killed it. Uh, awesome stuff, man. Thanks for joining us and hanging out and dropping the fire. That was, it was awesome. Great stuff. Thank brother. you, guys. Always you a bet. pleasure. You bet. Dude, you're the bomb. He's the man. With that, me and DJ is out. Feel free to hit us up with any but you may have. Later. <laughs>